All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Straight to the Mat. We're back in 2019 with a very special episode uh, all about AEW wrestling. So as usual, this is your co-host, Slick Rick the Ruler, and... This is Cerebral Analyst, Danef. All right, so uh, we're coming at you from the, uh, I guess, the little slash lounge area for my building. So we'll be recording here today, uh, actually on uh, the Sunday of the Royal Rumble. The road to WrestleMania. And it's going to be an exciting road to WrestleMania, mostly because, well, I mean, shit, we're going to WrestleMania. And this will be our second WrestleMania at MetLife in New York. Uh, unfortunately, we never got around to WrestleMania 10 or WrestleMania 20 at the Garden, which would be great. And I don't ever see that ever happening again. No. But, you know, maybe one day, right? Not even a pay-per-view. Yeah. As of late. <laughs> I know, but that was always, like, my dream, though, right? It was always going to, like, a mania at Madison Square Garden because it's, like, the mecca. Right, it's where you had WrestleMania 1, 10, 20, right? I mean, they did the Coliseum, WrestleMania 2 or 3? 2. Right, that was a simulcast, right, where they did that? Three, three different locations. Yeah, right, because the Coliseum was part of that, right? The multi-cast uh, multi, uh, for that mania. But anyways, so sure enough, we're not going to spend too much time on the Rumble, but uh, how about some predictions? I mean... Let's just talk about the real important matches, I guess. The ones that stick out more to me are uh, Sasha versus Ronda. Who do you got? Ronda. I'm going to go with Ronda um, with maybe interference from uh, the man, Becky Lynch. That might lead down to A, another, like, you know, well, not another, but potentially that feud with Ronda at Mania. Um, or potentially something down the line with uh, Sasha Banks. I just, I don't know. Like, look, I don't think they do that four horsewomen thing, right? Um, you know, the NX, you know, you got those three girls at NXT, right? Um, yes. Jessica Duke, uh, Shayna Baszler, and uh, who's the other one? She, she's hot. Well, whatever. Anyway, she's with like, she's like, she's like dating or married to like Roderick Strong, right? But um, either way, so, uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to go with Ronda on this one for myself. Right, yeah, I don't think Sasha. Well, remember they're gonna have to start all possible WrestleMania feud from tonight. today. Yeah, tonight or so. the Raw after, right? So I mean, it depends, right? Because because look, if you know, then there's you know, we'll we'll make this pick when, when I get to it. But remember, there's that thirty woman over the top Royal Rumble, and that sold a show last year. And again, um, you know, who knows? The winner might go on to f- challenge, you know, whomever, right, for the title. So you know. We'll see. Built in. Well, also depends on timing. You know, like, gotta see if the women's Royal Rumble was gonna be the last well, match. You know what? I, I totally forgot um, the women's SmackDown belt. Who who's in that title match? Oscar versus Asuka Becky. versus Becky. Okay, so Oscar versus Becky. So maybe 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 you know I'm gonna I'm gonna recon. Uh, you know I'm gonna just correct myself here. So maybe this this can just lead to that feud, right? That could be Ronda champ versus champ. Who knows, right? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't want to retract too much on my on my statement, but um, so I got Ronda. 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 Okay. Um, but I think Sasha Banks sealed the show. Either way, I think Sasha has a great match, right? Win or loss. Uh, win, win or lose. Um, all right. So the next one, Asuka versus the man, Becky Lynch. Who you got? I think I might have to go with Becky on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Becky. Everyone loves little Becky. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Asuka since she started NXT. It's just, me too. Yeah, I'm not liking the way they, you know, position her, they angle her. I mean, look, since she, she came up to the main roster, and she had a lot of momentum when she came up to the main roster. The issue is that after that, it's like you know, uh, 
she loses this match to Charlotte Flair. She had a strong run. She loses Charlotte, and all of a sudden, she loses value and stock, and, and, and you know, and on any one of these like brands that she's on, right? Like, I mean, well, that, that's the WWE's fault. Like, they they had a good chance to do major storylines with her, with other wrestlers, you know. There, it's just I don't know. They just gave up. Uh, on it. it wasn't even a particular reason why. One of the things I heard was her English. I heard about that one too. Her English is bad. Right? <laughs> so, you know, so like, look, I get it. I mean, one of, one of the things I guess that I did notice is that her promos aren't strong. Because, I mean, basically it's it's yeah, essentially the liner. same thing she always says, right? Asuka, you know, uh, what did she say? Asuka. Not ready for Asuka. Yeah, you're not ready for Asuka. Like, all right. No one's ready for Asuka. I mean, okay, we get it, right? But yeah, I mean, there's there isn't much variety to her. But I mean, look, she also doesn't really need a mic. Her actions can speak louder than words. And I mean, I think you can make that work. But look, she's done it in the past. Yeah, they have, and it's like a lot of talent. There's like a lot of talent there. It'd be a shame to be wasted. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Becky Lynch. I mean, Becky Lynch is on some like media. Like she's just on like they, they, there's a rocket ship on her back strap, and she's like shooting for the stars. And I think you know. And I think, I mean, we've mentioned this in conversations. I've always been high on Becky. Um, and I you know, I think this is honestly the greatest thing that could have happened to her was having that, like, face broken. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, it, it just, I mean, look, we're at SummerSlam. And the huge pop that she got was insane, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, come Would on. You turn here? Yeah, I mean, look, everyone was cheering it because, like, everyone loves a good bad guy, right? Like, that's that's the whole adage. Like, I mean, when you watch Scarface, you know, you're watching that for Tony Montana. Not to die at the end, spoiler alert, um, but I think I, I think the statutory time limit on that's already passed. But, um, but, you know, everyone likes a good bad guy, right? So I think Becky's that, you know, is, is that character here and very reminiscent of Stone Cold. And, yo, I see a lot of haters on IG hating on Becky, but, yo, you know what? Like, yo, you even had half the talent that she had, you'd be doing more than just, like, blogging and posting shit on Instagram. Absolutely. And, no, it, like... She reminded me of Austin. Like, this, this Austin started this attitude, the whole... Yeah, just this whole attitude you know, thing, yeah. Being a fan favorite as a heel. And she she definitely, you know, has that right attitude. She plays it very well. She's kind of like also Edge. Yeah. Edge plays yeah, a good yeah, heel yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. Some people are better heels than they are faces, and... Uh, Absolutely. That's that. So, who do you got in this match? I've got to go with Becky as well. All right, I'm going to go with Becky, because I think, yeah, this, this kind of leads in with the other thing we said before. This just goes right into Mania, so... Um, potentially, look, with a four horse women, you know, NXT, uh, you know, uh, four horse women, then the MMA four horse women, like that'd be interesting. Um, so would yeah, be a good Survivor Series match. it would, but you know, if, if the rumors are true about Ronda leaving after Mania, then we'll see, we'll, we'll see, whatever. But I, I think she actually mentioned briefly that that might be a thing. Cause I think, she, uh, from stuff that I read prior to this was like, she wants to have kids and I get it. Biological clock. Um, anyway, so moving on. Um, so the next one, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. I'm a huge AJ Styles fan, but I have to go with Daniel Bryan on this one. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with AJ, right? I'm going to go with AJ on this one um, because I think with, well, with a lot with what we're going to be discussing right now, Daniel Bryan signed a contract, right? Yes. Okay, so he's locked up. AJ Styles' contract is up, close to it, um, and I think... I mean, look, you can't put, you can't deny AJ Styles has been the WWE for the last couple of years since he's been here. 
Like, without a doubt. There's been no one who's been at the top for as long as he has since he's been there. I mean, you could argue John Cena's also been there, but you know what? John Cena's been wrestling for other, like, lesser titles or non-titles. Um, Ambrose, Rollins, Reigns, they're interchangeable at the top, but the one constant on the SmackDown brand and even on Raw was, like, AJ, or has been AJ, right? And is AJ now. So, <clears throat> I think I think especially with all elite, I think the WWE is gonna gotta like lock them in, lock them in, and make everyone happy. But um, just because of the fact of the matter is, I, I think Mania potentially sets up for something with AJ. Um, I'm gonna go with AJ here. Okay. What about yourself, Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan, D Bryan. All right, cool. Um, all right. So what about uh, the next? I guess the elephant in the room is Finn Balor. Versus Brock Lesnar and Finn Balor finally getting that like rematch. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm really rooting for uh, Finn Balor on this one. Me too. But my thing is, uh, look, this this episode's uh, going to be focused mostly on AEW, but we want to do some uh, Rumble picks, you know, before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this could air before or after. It doesn't really matter. But predictions are either going to be true, false, accurate, whatever. Um, but yo, like yo, if they, if they don't get Finn Balor this, yo, I'm telling you. As soon as this contract's up, yo, the Balor Club jumps, jumps in a jump ship. Uh, I mean, yo, look, he never got the title match he rightfully deserved, rematch. Um, he had such forward momentum when he got drafted to Raw. Like, what made them shy away from this, I mean, is, is like beyond belief. I mean, I can't think of anyone who has more merch, probably has stronger merch sale and, like, more commercial appeal than, like... Finn Balor, whether it's the demon, um, you know, as, as Finn Balor, just, you know, whatever, you know, uh, like the possibilities are like endless. I mean, you have so much built in things here with Balor that you can do that it's like ridiculous. They're not taking more advantage of it. Like, I get it. You want to retread and, and, and maybe put together another Bullet Club or copy of that. But, yo, the fact of the matter is, like, yo, you can do so much with this. And they've dropped the ball. And I think WWE needs to shape up. And I think, look, either Balor, if Balor does not win tonight, he needs to be in the title hunt and has to be in that picture somehow or the other, right? But uh, but I'm, I want to go with, with Finn, although I, I'd imagine Brock's the Sherlock. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Balor here. Yeah, I'll go Balor too. I, I agree with your point about, you know, locking in uh, Brock Lesnar for the, you know, future storyline involving the belt. Um, yeah, you're right about Finn Balor. They don't give him that opportunity. When his contract is up, he could definitely jump ship and um, go to you know, AEW. It's true. I mean, I, I think, and I, not to interrupt cut you off, but I think we're, we're at such an interesting point in wrestling right now that, you know, there was talks that there was a wrestling boom, right, uh, somewhat recently, but the boom actually starts now. Because AEW is going to be like this, like potential massive player or massive flop, right? Mm-hmm. But this is the time, and I think like yo, this is the time you gotta like crown a new champion, especially if Roman's out of the picture. Like Rollins and Ambrose are always going to be at the top, so there's always going to be that. But I think in this like very specific situation, like you gotta give it to Finn. There's just no if and or buts about it. Yes, um, and again, focusing on 
the you know the the subject of our podcast today, you know AEW. They got to be very very careful in how they're maneuvering and positioning guys because if contracts are coming up again now, they have the second option of leaving, going somewhere to be a major player. But not even a second option, dude. There's a second, third, fourth, potentially a fifth. Like yo, you're talking not only are you talking AEW, you're talking New Japan Pro Wrestling, you're talking ROH, right? Your your you know Impact, right? Like yo. MLW, like yo, there's so many places. Like, look, the big money places are probably going to be like Impact, uh, New Japan for sure, ROH, right, and like obviously AEW, right. So it's like you know, uh, shape up, you know, <laughs> like it's going to be a very interesting time. Um, but anyways, so what what about what other title matches we have on this card? I know Rusev is defending the U.S. title in the kickoff against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll pick uh, Rusev on this one. So Rusev Day, uh, I'm going to go with Shinsuke. Shin, Shin, Shin. Well, you know what? Look, who knows, right? Potentially Shinsuke could be, at the, could be in the Rumble, even if he loses, because it's a very early on match, right? Yeah, the kickoff um, match. But I'm gonna go. Uh, look, I'm Shinsuke is one of my fan favorites, and I think they're also underutilizing him too. But he's an amazing heel. Um, but I'm gonna go with Shins- Shinsuke on this one. Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, yeah, I go with Rusev. Okay. Uh, sure. Any other? What about the IC belt? To be honest, you don't even think the, he's defending the IC belt. Is that? Is that? Is that there? Lashley? Well, I mean, look, they're not doing he shit with Lashley anyways, right? He just what, yeah, two he, weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, against, in a, in a three-way. But I can't remember. But it doesn't matter. Anyways, well, that just goes to show he's how... in the rumble. It just goes to show how unimportant that title is. But anyways, um, so let's just focus in on the on, on the last last parts of this. The rumble. The women's or the men? Both, right? I mean... Well, which one you want to go first? Well, uh, <laughs> well, you know, look, I'm a gentleman. Very old fashioned, uh, except when it comes to uh, you know, little uh, SEX. Um, but uh, every other way, I probably am. But so, ladies first, uh, let's go with the women's uh, women's rumble. Okay, what do you got? You want to pick or I'll pick? Well, I'll, I'll do the first you one. Go. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go with uh, Natalia. Natalia, and I'll tell you why Natalia's gonna win the women's Royal Rumble. And go on to face her friend, Ronda Rousey, Rousey. at WrestleMania. And then they'll start the, possibly, uh, Natalia heel push. Which has been, you know, it's been time for that. They had to do that since, like, years ago. I think Natalia could be up there on top as a heel. Well, here's an interesting scenario. 30 women. Right, so this rumble is going to probably comprise of uh, your WWE main roster women, Raw SmackDown. Um, some of them I'd like to lay the SmackDown on Raw. Um, wink. Um, NXT women, yeah. right? And then you're probably looking at the UK women too, right? NXT, yeah. right? UK. And I'm going to go definitely with some, like, legends, right? Hall of Famers, um, you know, caliber-type women. Now, 
my 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 whole scenario is yes. Look, potentially, you know, I'm I'm I think the built-in match and feud for Mania, the big one, it's gonna be Ronda uh, and Becky. So if that happens, I I suppose one of them would have to drop the belt. Even though we picked whomever we picked, it's because that's that's just who we want to pick, right? Mm-hmm. That that's fine. But like, if we're gonna look at it from a booking perspective, the only way you can have one free belt is one of these two has to lose potentially, right? Yes. So then that frees up the the possibility that there's there's a title. Now, let's just say if you go Ronda Becky, right? It could be Ronda Becky for either either one of the brand's titles, right? Um but then potentially I mean that frees up a belt. So let's say Asuka and Sasha would be the potential other two. So I think with the Asuka and or Sasha Victor, I'm gonna give two two rumble predictions for this for this match. Okay. A, what if you have a Hall of Famer win? What about Alita or Trish Stratus? They have a big title match, kind of like what they were trying to do with Batista. Okay. Right. Um, against what would have been against Randy Orton before you know CM Punk yeah. flew the Daniel coop Bryan. and then uh, Daniel Bryan the Yes Movement started. Like, yo, what if you have like let's say. Either scenario, whether Asuka or Sasha wins, I guess, you know, you could potentially have Lita in one of these matches, Trish Stratus, um, you Alundra know, Blaze. Alundra Blaze, but I don't, I don't think so much. I think Lita and Trish is are, are, the are top probably two. the top two, right? Um, so if I have to go, you know, 30 women, um, they were in the Rumble last year, but I guess the one who would probably have the better match would probably be Trish Stratus. I would I would imagine Trish Stratus is in the better uh, shape physically of the Might two. Both in good shape, but yeah, Belita, wise, Bel- yeah. Belita, had I think more substantial injuries than Correct. Lita did in the career. Uh, you know, um, Lita had more substantial injuries than Trish, and that was like a neck injury. Yes, right. So I think if anyone's gonna have the better match, might be uh, Trish. And stylistically, Trish would probably match up better against the Boss. Right. I can see that. Okay. So that's what I'm going to go. I'm going to go with if if my two scenarios, there's a potential Hall of Famer, Interest Stratus winning, and then um, if there is no potential Hall of Famer, uh, I'm probably going to lean with, let's see, Sasha, Asuka, Becky. Okay, this is going to be tricky. Damn. Because now I just thought of a very interesting scenario. Actually, I should have thought this before. But, like, what if they're, what if, what if, like, Becky loses and Ronda loses, right? And then there's actually, uh, you know, they're, they use, they, you know, well, no, that wouldn't work. Okay. Forget it, because I'm thinking of a scenario where well, four... Well, they lose, they well, could think, be put in the rumble. But I'm thinking about a scenario where the four horsewomen win, right? But I guess in this scenario, Sasha could win the belt, right, from Ronda, which would put Ronda on the other side of the fence. But then I guess Asuka could beat Becky, and then that would put Becky on the other side of the fence. I'm just trying to think of scenarios where a four horsewomen match could happen at Mania, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Which I think would... But they really, but who knows? Who knows what direction they go with, right? I guess it all depends on what happens in the Rumble. But anyways, I'm I'm going to big conspiracy theory here. But let, I'm just gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with 
Alexa, Alexa Bliss, or Nia, uh, or Nia Jax. <laughs> that was just ridiculous. Well, yeah, right. I'm just like, because I'm, I'm like, in my mind right now, I'm like, my, my brain just went into overdrive because I'm fan booking in my mind. I'm thinking basically that, um, you know, some way, somehow, we can get a big match where Becky's still involved and can get her, get, get that, get, get those, you know, get those hits up uh, against Ronda. And there's a, a, a spectacular four horsewomen match, right? But Shayna Baszler is the champion. Um, spoiler alert from NXT. So potentially that may not happen because there's going to be a takeover show, right? So maybe, maybe that won't happen. So you know what? Let me not fixate because of how much I want to see that match because I want to see Bailey in, in, in at WrestleMania and I want to see like a big big match right with involving all those like kind of pioneers of the of the you know women's evolution movement right which would be your Sasha Charlotte Becky Bailey right so I'm gonna go Alexa and I'm gonna go Nia Jax here potentially and if I have to go with anyone uh, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Alexa okay. What's your pick? Sorry, sorry that I like just wasted a whole episode. No, it's on my, I called the college. prediction. Okay, so that college. that was it. Okay, see, I, I got so fun fundamentally confused here that I just like kind of did myself. It happened. Anyway, so um, the men's rumble, your pick first. The men's rumble. It's it's funny because I was actually when I was coming over here, I was actually uh, writing down my top five picks to win the rumble. Okay, top five. So you have a top five. I have a top five. All right, so this doesn't make make my women's pick seem so bad. No, if you don't mind. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Sure, 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 sure. So, you know, I'm going to start from, um, you know, five, you know, being the least to my first, uh, you know, be my top. Okay. The the fifth, my fifth pick was uh, Mustafa Ali. I like Mustafa Ali. I I always liked him since uh, um, 205 Live. I was very surprised when they brought him up to uh, SmackDown Live. And I didn't even know about it. I didn't watch that show. And I had to you know, read it later on. And to put him right you know, in the main storyline with uh, the new Dan O'Brien, it was intriguing. I was like, okay, this, it could, this could work. Because I'm like thinking like Mustafa Ali, like a 205 Live competitor in the main event, the storyline with a, you know, the champion. So that's gonna be my fifth pick. It would be like a wild card if he was to win the Rumble and challenge Daniel Bryan for the belt at WrestleMania. It would be a good match. If I, they had a couple of good matches already on SmackDown Live. Um, so yeah, that's my fifth pick. My fourth pick, Samoa Joe. I believe Samoa Joe. I think his time is, is now. Okay, but what if Samoa Joe in this scenario? What show does he challenge for the belt? I want to see some more Joe and Brock Lesnar again. Okay, okay. Cool. I believe that match uh, they had in that pay per view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, summer yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. It was a good match. Yeah, it was a good feud. It, it, stylistically, they they matched very well. Yeah, it, it's almost like if you put KO on Brock Lesnar. I mean, on paper, those styles should match mesh a little more. So yeah, they they should have run with it a little bit longer. Yeah, of course. But you know, it's Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that, and that specifically, that's why I want to see Finn Balor run tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's gonna be my fourth pick. My third pick, Dean Ambrose. Okay. I like the gimmick. Is that like the? It's like a the it's, bane. It's really. It's like a mercenary bane type of thing. Yeah. Which is completely. Cool. Which which I like because I think it's a little less chaotic than his previous incarnation of the Dean Ambrose character. 
the it seems, bridge? It, yeah, it seems more methodical this time around. I never thought that way, but yeah. Because because the reason I say that is because like Bane is a mercenary, right, from the League of Shadows, right? And the issue, not the issue, but actually the thing with that interpretation of Bane was, and even Bane in the comic books was cerebral, right? He was methodical. Like whatever he did, there was a reason to do it. And, um, you know, not only was his feud with Batman and the Dark Knight Rises physical, but it was mostly methodical, right? It was most, it was mostly a mental battle that they had. And at the end, there's some physicality, but, but that's what it was. And I think that's what like this incarnation of D. Ambrose brings to the table where he's more, he, he's like more dangerous than he was in prior mm -hmm. because, he's found a way to translate that into mental warfare. And I think mental warfare sometimes could be, uh, could be a bit more dominant mm -hmm. than a physical battle, right? Yeah, if you break someone mentally, mentally pretty much. You've, are, you've already broke everything else down. The physicality mm -hmm. is then taken with that too because you, you go into a fight weaker than you had originally gone because if mentally I'm confident, like... You know, we're good. But, like, take, for example, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was so good because aside from the physicality of it, mentally he, already, he, he was already at the advantage because he was the aggressor from the, from the get. Yes. And every match that he won due to his sheer physicality set up a mental breakdown for the next person because they were always afraid of him, mm -hmm. right? So, okay. Uh, no, now that you point that out, that's... They were actually doing it during the commentary during his match mm -hmm. with uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah, like he mentally broke down Seth Rollins. That's why yeah. he lost yeah. the belt. The belt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like Bane. Bane broke down Batman. Oh. Well, uh, you know, there goes there goes my comic book uh, <laughs> slash movie yeah. fandom coming into play. I, I never saw it. Like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, well. Yeah. I just said uh, Bane because of the, the coat. And well, yeah, the, well, the coat and then that stupid mask yeah. he put on, it comes, well, I guess it's probably better to wear than the Bane mask because then you're like, wait, he's definitely trying to be Bane. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know. Uh, That's very cool. <laughs> Damn. That, that, that got to me like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like a aha moment. Uh, what is it he says to Batman? He's like, uh, I was wondering what would it break first, your spirit or your body? And then he just like <laughs> breaks them, right? But um, okay, what's, your, what, what's uh, next? So that was my number three. So okay. number three two was one. Uh, Let's go. Dean Ambrose. So two... Drew McIntyre. That yeah. could be yeah, a yeah, yeah. Real, I can see that. I can see that. You know. It's his time. They're positioning yeah. him. So, I mean, you're building him up. So what's going on, right? Um, now the question, if he was to win the Rumble, would he challenge Brock Lesnar? Finn or Balor? Or AJ Finn Balor? Or Daniel Bryan? Which match would you want to see more? I just want to see somebody that could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Brock Lesnar. Drew McIntyre is the guy, yeah. I can see him doing that. Um, yeah, because he's just before, you know, his first but he run. He was always positioned to be something, and he stepped away. He's back, and maybe. maybe he's this stronger is than ever. Well, he's physically more imposing than he was when he first left. Yeah, he could be a def. A but he definitely looks a little dirtier with that beard, but whatever, no big deal. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. He could, no, he could definitely go to toe to toe with uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And have a. A good match. But obviously him and Jinder are on the same steroids. But you know, no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's my number two. My okay. all number one, Seth Rollins. 
I've been saying it for a couple days now. I think I even gave you that hint yesterday. Like, Seth motherfucking Rollins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think Seth is definitely always... If he's not number one, he's positioned as the number two. Mm-hmm. I honestly think no matter what happens at this point, there's no way that Dean Ambrose overtakes Reigns and Seth as the number one. Because, like, Reigns and Seth have been interchangeable. Now, that doesn't mean that Dean Ambrose can't be the number one heel as champion, whatever. But I think as long as the three of them are on the same brand, they'll never, you know, Reigns, because the company wants him there, is going gonna, gonna to be at that top spot. And then, obviously, Seth is, I think, the bigger of the three, you know? And he's the always seems to be the go-to guy, right? So... You know, maybe we interpret the whole Roman Reigns thing as not what we should as he's being positioned as a top guy. Maybe it actually is Seth Rollins, right? Um, but I think I think that's definitely a possibility. I definitely do. No, the question is, would you see him have a good match with Brock Lesnar or Finn Balor? He's going to have a good match with anyone. Right, like the matchups are good, or just they just build themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think either way, it doesn't matter who who Seth challenges because Seth's gonna make them look good regardless. Okay. But if you put him into a match with Finn Balor now, you get that rematch, rematch, From right? SummerSlam, exactly, right? And we saw how they delivered in that match live, live, exactly. That SummerSlam, right? No surprise. Um, you know, we just don't talk wrestling. We live it, uh, not physically, but we, you know, look, WWE's in town, we're there. You know what I mean? I know, that will make a great promo going into the match. I could just see the, like, the videos uh, feed as uh, the highlights of well, leading let me, to that. Let me tell you, let me tell you, uh, R- Rollins, you know, I don't know, that's probably a terrible Irish accent. I'm broke. Because remember, he never lost the belt. He didn't. Uh, but the thing is, who goes into what as a, as a heel? Hmm. Th- does Finn, maybe Finn turns heel tonight? Maybe that's the thing he needs. Maybe he does need to go heel at some point. He, has he ever been heel? Not in the WWE, but in like New Japan. I mean, when he was, yeah, doing, the, when he was doing the Bullet Club and the Rock and Roller gimmick, mm-hmm. that was uh, that was like full heel. So Seth is your, 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 your topic. Yes. Number one. Okay. So those are my five topics. Well, my number... <laughs> <laughs> my number one, uh, you know, like it's interesting because there's 30 guys there, but really, kind of to, to to your point, I think with the list that you did, uh, probably reflects the most accurate. I'm gonna take Mustafa Ali off of off. Uh, if I had to do a top something, I'm taking Mustafa Ali off. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Samoa Joe off. I'm gonna throw in um, no particular order, but let's just say if we did it this way, right? Because it, it becomes tricky when it comes to the men. But uh, Drew. Seth, Dean, Braun, right? You can't forget about Braun. I don't know if he's clear, but you can't forget about Braun. Um, you know, I don't even know. Bobby Lashley, he's, it's just his presence, but I don't think. But Elias, you know? Elias, Elias, you know? Um, what if Batista comes back and has his one big match, right? But I, I don't want to, I don't want to like throw around all these like, possibilities but for this one i was also thinking seth but i was thinking dean um drew they've been positioning i know 
but I think maybe proven commodities. So I think Dean's been doing his thing now, and this potentially could be it. But uh, I'm going to go with Seth. I'm going to go with the safe pick, and I'm going to go Seth Rollins also. So we both agree. Seth, motherfucking mm-hmm. Rollins. All right. Well, those are Rumble predictions. Um, a little longer Hopefully, than yeah. uh, in a couple hours we'll find li- out. A li- little longer than I thought that would be, but that's cool. Um, yeah, a little good. A little you know, good. it's just like look. Uh, the thing is, like when you talk wrestling and you start fantasy booking, like yo, I don't like to do these like stupid scenarios that I, I like. I, I feel like a lot of these like fanboys online do, and and then and they just start making things out of like, oh, but what if, uh, you know, what if uh, Kenny Omega came down at uh, you know number thirty? Look. Con- contractually, he cannot show up. Yes, right. He but you never know. The WWE can maybe work out some deal. You never know. That's the thing. WWE is a big corporation. AEW, who we'll be talking about next, um, is probably in line to actually be like legitimately owned by like billionaires, right? But the thing is with these billionaires is that look, they also have other things that they need to do, right? Yeah. WWE just focuses on one sole product. They're not focusing in on an NFL franchise, except Vince McMahon does have the XFL, so I guess I can't say anything about that. But, uh, you know, a soccer team and, and all their other ventures. So, you know, look, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to make up some sort of crazy scenario where, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes down the aisle and wins this goddamn thing, you know. But I'm going to give you truth and logistics with knowing with our current roster right now that we know will be there. I got to go with, uh, you know, I gotta go with Dean here, but then also the mind starts to also yeah, churn and think about the hundred possibilities, right? But you never know. But either way, that was a good conversation. So uh, let's just take a slight break, and then uh, you know we'll come back and uh, we'll start discussing what's the biggest thing in wrestling right now, and that is all elite wrestling. And we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back uh, to Straight to the Mat. So the topic today, although some people might be confused as to why we spent like an hour talking about the Rumble, what can you do? When uh, when you start thinking, you start fantasy booking too. So anyways, all elite wrestling, the biggest wrestling news in 2019 and will, quite frankly, I think overshadow the Rumble and potentially even mania just because of just how huge um, of a uh, of a deal this actually is for the wrestling industry is because this potentially could be that company that's finally going to be positioned to challenge the WWE to a degree. Um, I always think the WWE will be at that number one spot, but you know what? I think finally there is a competitor, a viable competitor that's being led by some like very interesting uh, group of people who are actually talent, um, you know, wrestling talent, great wrestling talent, and have made a name for themselves away from WWE without being part of WWE. And, I mean, potentially this can change the game, right? Uh, this could get, finally give us a definitive, like, Monday Night War type of vibe, right? Um, look, you got Impact Wrestling. You got... New Japan Pro Wrestling, and you got ROH. And these are probably the three biggest prior to the AEW announcement, right? And New Japan was probably the 
closest to a number two rival against the WWE because they're way bigger, uh, you know, promotion and company, but they're in Japan. Okay. And they were trying to get themselves here to the States, right? And did a couple of shows this, this uh, last year. Impact, formerly TNA Wrestling, uh, GFW for a bit or whatever it was, um, and then back to Impact, right? They've they've independently found a way to keep this machine going, whether through new management, funding, whatever. Um, they've never been a legitimate threat, but there was that one episode on the Mondays that they would air. That that one, you know, there was a couple of Mondays they they aired some live shows. Right, they did Hogan the one, and, where yeah, Hogan Monday. and Bischoff right took over the reins, right? And it was interesting, and I did flip back and forth because I did want to know who showed up. And sure enough, RVD, Jeff Hardy, right? Yes. Um, ROH has been around for a long time. They've been doing their thing. Look, kind of humbly, right? Um, you know, a lot of WWE's talent, top talent today, came from like ROH. Yes. Right? Um, you know, then, then you have MLW on a smaller scale. Um, and then you have the independents and, and everyone else, you know, who's trying to vie for a spot. But no one, I don't know that any one of those can supersede the WWE either way, have the production value or the funding to do it. Although ROH has Sinclair Broadcasting, which is like a huge like business conglomerate, and, and they could, but they don't, right? Um, but here we are. Okay. 2019. All Elite Wrestling. This new promotion started by Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks. You know, they're being funded and ran by Tony Khan, son of Jacksonville Jaguars owner, Shad Khan. And these are billionaires backing this, funding this new venture. Um, you know, the elite, you know, in, you know, all elite wrestling is derived from a, a very particular faction, right? That Stable. started in New Japan, right? Stable, you know that that broke off from the Bullet Club, right? And this is this was the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, right? Yes. Now we don't know what's going to go on with Kenny. We don't know, secret, but we do know that the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes are kind of spearheading this thing. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I remember when hearing from AEW, the announcement made with Jan January first, I believe so. Yeah, it was and like right before Wrestle Kingdom. That's right, that same week. And at first, I didn't really think anything big of it. Um, to be honest with you, it was just I was like, oh, okay, they're gonna start another promotion. But then when I started reading more about it and seeing stuff like online, I'm like, wait a minute, this could be a possible threat to WWE. And mind you, I'm a WWE guy. I've always been a WWE guy. I'm like, okay, it could be like the Monday Night Wars again. Possibly. And, and I think it would be a, a great thing to, for the industry to have a, you know, an, another competitor that could match up to WWE and you know, change the landscape. That's what I mean. I mean, yeah, and I think I think the thing with that is too, right? When you're going to change the wrestling landscape, it's like, look, this isn't even like a fully formed like company yet, right? Bits and pieces are there. 
there hasn't even been a show, and yet there's so much hype behind this, yeah, right? But you know, so now the the other thing is that with that buzz and this hype, like, can they deliver, right? Um, as you said, do they change the game as we know it, right? Because now. Do they ascend to the number two right away? Because I, I don't know. To me, they, they feel like number two already. And they're not yes. even, you know, they're not even on air on air yet. But, but the thing is that the talent that's spearheading this, like I've seen them in a ring. Mm-hmm. I've seen how they've marketed themselves away from a big machine like WWE on their own um, and what they've done, you know? Um, just just being independent contractors, right? You know, wrestling in New Japan, wrestling in ROH, right? Um, and these guys are poised to, like, change the game, right? So, you know, whether that's a trickle-down effect and, you know, they start absorbing rosters and not necessarily other companies and, and joining forces with other companies, you know, I don't want to say not joining forces because potentially they could, but not, but you know, they're not going to absorb it. They're not going to absorb like ROH or Impact. They're going to be their own entity. But now you have this like tremendous roster of talent out there that they can raid and build something. You know, something that could rival the WWE, and yo, know, that could change a game. But can they compete with the WWE? Because ECW changed the game, but at the end of the day, they couldn't compete, right? And WCW changed the game but at the end they you know as close as they came and there were times they didn't overtake them they just couldn't kill the big machine that is the WWE it's it's, it's tricky I honestly feel that they could definitely compete with WWE and the thing that would be different from AEW compared to WWE is that for example Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, they made themselves even more of a superstars away from WWE. And if these guys are running a new promotion, man, you get to take somebody that WWE, you know, misused and make them a star. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's definitely a possibility, and I see that, right? But then you've also seen that happen outside of WWE, right? Because, I mean, take, for example... Let's take, for example, someone who left the WWE and became bigger than they were there. Uh, let's use a current example, right? Because I guess, I guess you know, my, my mind right now is going through data banks and thinking about, like, old stars who might have left WWF to then go to WCW and become more than what they were. But I, I guess if like, you had to look like a current example, you could take a, a guy like uh, Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal. Right, guys who left and came back, and they were bigger than, than they were because they were being utilized a particular way somewhere else. But more so than anything, would be like Drew McIntyre. Yes. Right, he was positioned to be you know champion in other organizations and stuff like that. And you know, then he comes back, boom, completely different, like character altogether. Right? Um, can, can you think of anyone else uh, off the top of your head? Well, I was actually thinking about not currently, like maybe 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 ten. Years ago, Kurt Angle. Was that it? Yeah. Why that was, was that? Not, of, that why was, was not the first thing that I thought about. But Christian Cage and Christian. Yes. Oh yeah. 
Also, by the way, I'm also reading every all his notes off the teleprompter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 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 yeah Christian and Kurt Angle and Kurt, yeah. Don't get me wrong, Kurt Angle was a star in WWE. Those are not, those are the perfect examples. I don't know why I didn't think of those two. Yeah, it, it's that he became a bigger star. Yeah, and I feel like the industry took it more seriously when he went to. And he TNA. had better matches in TNA, I think, than he yes. did in WWE. Yes, he did. He had the feud with Sting. He had the feud with Jeff Jarrett, then with Christian Cage. Well, potentially, right? It's it because he also then he was introduced to a whole new, like, core of talent, right? Oh, yeah, AJ Styles, some Samoa Joe, Sting, matchups you didn't have in the WWE, or you weren't going to see in the WWE, and you would not have seen in in the WWE until a very long time from from the and, point of. And you mentioned another one. AJ Styles, he became, you know, a big name without the of WWE. WWE. Yeah, and he did have a trial match, right? Yeah, but so did like Bobby Roode and a lot of those guys. But I think uh, a good example of you uh, that you used, and then I cut you off, and then I interjected myself, and I stole your answer, right? Because that's, I mean, didn't we do this in junior high school? Like, what's the answer um, when we took a test? But Christian Cage, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I like when Christian changed his gimmick and he was doing the whole peeps and he had a, oh, was it um, Tyson? Captain Charisma? Yeah, but Captain Charisma, but then he had Tyson, what's his Tomko? face? Tomko, right? Uh, you know, as his bodyguard, right? Like you, like, you can see champion there. But the WWE, again, didn't want to take a chance. chance. And when the WWE doesn't want to take the chance and a particular character person wrestler has this like charisma and this appeal to 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 actually be the top and you can see it and they're not afraid to leave the machine and go somewhere else and make a name for themselves you can see what they could do right and to your point christian cage and kurt angle probably the best examples because i mean kurt angle has some great matches away from wwe um he even had a phenomenal like two matches against cody rhodes right um you know, on the indies. So that's that's definitely a thing. And, I mean, are they going to be able to compete? Going back to AEW. Yeah. Yes. They could definitely compete. Okay. And, like, what, what makes you think that they can compete? Like I mentioned before, it's just the, the guys that are running it. All right. You know, you had your Cody Rhodes that again became a big star away from WWE, and you know just because you know your son, you know second generation, you know you're automatically gonna become you know, a top star. Like it doesn't always happen that way, but um, you know they thought they'd probably be a big star in WWE, you know because of the name, but you know it didn't happen. Yeah, he did have it. What a couple of runs you know the icy belt yeah 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 i mean look cody had i think cody had it i think the best incarnation of of what was cody rhodes in a wwe was during the Rey mysterio feud you know when he essentially had his face broken wore that you know face guard and became this like villain yes. you know stardust was on another plane right which actually i think was point but uh of the character right who's like in another dimension but and now I know where he got his name from. Yeah. So my thing is with this, do I think they can compete? I do think they can compete. 
how long can they compete for and position themselves to be the main competitor? I don't know. Because, I mean, we saw this with WCW. We saw this kind of with TNA for a bit. Where if the talent runs the show, history has shown that when the talent's actually running things, things tend to go haywire at some point, right? Because be it egos, you know, um, politics, right? Could essentially, no matter how much money is behind a corporation, at the end of the day, what makes WWE work is Vince McMahon, yes. right? Just like when people talk about Vince Russo and how great Vince Russo was, right? Right. Everyone that you, that, that you hear speak about Vince Russo was like, well, it wasn't Vince Russo. It was another Vince, Vince McMahon, right? And he seems to be the, 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 he seems to be the one that keeps that ecosystem within like checks and balance, yes. right? Yeah, because Vince Russo, you know, he has you know, so many ideas. It's just that some of them were good, but some of them weren't that good. And That's like everyone, Vince, right? You can only you, 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 you only have a you only have so many good ideas, right? That are actually going to be good, right? And some of the other ones are just they're going to be good or bad, right? Well, in that case, Vince was his filter, like you know, you couldn't really you know have Vince Russo have complete creative control because then well, yeah, you we had the debacle that he did in the WCW. WCW, yeah. Well, l- let me tell you something, bro. You know, but now yeah. the question is. Um, again, because I'm just now, you know, a couple of weeks familiarizing myself with, you know, AEW. So you're saying that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are still going to compete? Yeah, they're not. They're, well, I mean, look, to, for them to not compete is to essentially, you know, rob people from the opportunity of seeing their talent. Understandable. Like, like the thing is, like, when I watch a New Japan like Wrestle Kingdom or or, or, or or some sort of like, you know, pay-per-view on the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Network. Essentially, I'm seeking out to watch matches with Cody Rhodes, uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. There are some, you know, Japanese stars that I do want to watch, you know, Okada, right? Um, and... A lot of their talent, but they're just certain ones that, that stick out, and the Young Bucks are one of those, right? Tanahashi, he's another guy too, right? He's like their John Cena, okay. right? Um, and watching these guys perform is, is something that you can't get in the states because, like, I'm not actively seeking out ROH see the Young Bucks compete there either. It's like New Japan's my source, right? Okay. And that's what I'm really watching New Japan for, like the Bullet Club. I'm not really watching it to see all their Japanese talent, although, I mean, they have a tremendous roster and depth. I'm really watching it for the Gaijin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that that's basically what it is, right? I'm, look, I'm looking to see their foreign American, or non-American, but like kind of Caucasian talent, right? Anyone who's not Japanese, Chinese, or whatever is essentially a foreigner there, right? Yeah. And those are the ones that I want to see because I know that they're like, you know, the best of the best that are there, right? Um, but like, I mean, you 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 can see that you know these guys are doing their thing out there, and they were always being booked there because they were good, right? Um, so essentially, you think they can compete? Yes, um, and 
the only way they could definitely compete and last, you know, for you know a long time or, or have a a decent run, if they bring in the right people, you know, right management team to manage this promotion. Because again, if you're gonna have talent running stuff, nine out of ten, that's not really a wise decision. You know, we saw when you know Kevin Nash was doing the booking at a WCW. Um, yeah, there is gonna be some sort of you know, but see, I... some sort of dissension and mistrust with the other talent. Well, I was just gonna say that, right? I mean, look, essentially, when you do hear like shoot interviews or stuff with like newer t- younger talent and, and and I think like guys like the young buck fall into that uh, fall under that category mm-hmm. where essentially they're shying away from the old school ways so maybe look maybe their egos don't come into play and they do what's best for business right um but do I think they can compete directly with WWE yes do I think long term Maybe. I'm 50-50 on it. Only because I've seen, you know, history repeats itself, right? And the WWE's been established for so long. And if Vince McMahon steps down, let's just say, for example, right, Triple H is the the next guy in line or Shane or Stephanie. I mean, they've been, like, bred and, like, they've been, they've been under tutelage to run this company Maybe in 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 the same essence, in the same way that Vince McMahon does, right? Okay. So, I think WWE is always going to be on top. I think they can compete, and but I, I don't know. I don't I don't see them overtaking, but I do see them competing. But I also believe that their philosophy is that they're not looking to compete directly, right? They're their own thing, and they're going to do whatever it is that they do. But you do understand that, like from a business perspective, that's the way you look at it, right? Is this competition? Can you be the number one? Yeah, if they go in with that mindset that we're gonna compete with WWE, you're pretty much setting yourself for failure. failure. Yeah. So yeah, they, if they go in with that mindset that listen, we're just another company, we're gonna do what we do, and we'll take it from there. So what you know, you know, look, in order to be competition for anything, right? Um, you know, Burger King does. You know, they they charcoal grill right is that it is that that's their that's flame grill flame grill their burger right that distinguishes them from mcdonald's wendy's does a square patty right that distinguishes them from both mcdonald's and burger king mcdonald's has the the mccafe and that makes them different than wendy's and burger king right so you know these these are like known commodities and brand names that are like huge right and AEW, I'm sure, is trying to establish itself in, in that manner. So, like, what kind of different things is AEW going to be able to do that makes them unique and is going to distinguish them from the competition? It's got to be with the talent they, they try to acquire. That's interesting. I was actually thinking talent. Yeah, the talent they acquire because it's going to be – you're going to have different talent from different promotions coming to AEW. You've got people that – you know, probably wrestlers that have I haven't even heard of, like from RH or New Japan, you know, in the Indies. The guys from the Indies gonna like have their break with AEW. 
And, you know, we're, I'll be honest with you, I, I've never seen lately um, what's the talent out there in the Indies, what's the big name. So now they're going to have the opportunity to shine in AEW, and I think that's going to make them stand out from WWE, you know, with the talent pool they're going to acquire. I think I think the talent thing is also a huge thing. I'll touch on that a little later because um, I, I think that's going to be a bit more in depth, and I kind of want to just keep going on a, on a flow. Mm-hmm. But um, so, look, we know there's a lot of promotions out there, and I think we've kind of tread 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 this water already. But we are in agreement that they're probably more than likely going to be the number two. Yes. Okay. And the big thing with the WWE, right? The, the issue I think people have, especially from our generation, look, I'm 33, not ashamed to say it, I don't look it, uh, you as well, right? And we grew up during a very interesting era because we kind of caught the tail end of that like 1980s, you know, rock and wrestling, over the top, you know, Hulk Hogan, Honky Talk Man, Ultimate Warrior, Papa Shango, the Duke of Dumpster Drosies, the Bastion Buggers, right? Like we, we grew up through colorful, like, the evolution characters. of the Undertaker. The evolution of the Undertaker, yes. Um, you know, we, we got that new generation era. Your Bret Hart's, your Razor Ramones, your one, two, three kids, right? Your Diesels, your Shawn Michaels. You know, we got through the attitude era, right? You know, we've we've been fortunate enough that we've been able to you know, and look, and wrestling predates the the, the, the eras that we mentioned. Yeah. But when you're talking WWF or WWE, you know, they're very particular eras, right? That they distinguish themselves and separate themselves, the reality era, right? All these new things, right? But the biggest knock is that they started to veer away from the more when the WWE was at its like peak was the Attitude Era. It was all the mature content because, you know, TNA, no pun intended, right, or, or to mention the actual TNA impact. But TNA is what they were showing a lot of. It was the Attitude. It was the whole ECW thing that they kind of copied and they copied it except they did it better because they're a bigger corporation. They had the money to do it, right? Yeah. And you did it on a grand scale. This helped distinguish them. This particular era. And now I think the WWE, in order to com- to combat AEW, they're trying to go back and do a little Attitude Era. We've gotten glimpses of this with the Alexa Bliss walk-in, right, where she was holding her top. Um, yeah, Mandy uh, Rose with the Uso, right, Jay, Jay or Jimmy, whoever I was kind of confused, right, with the whole hotel and being dressed this particular, like, you know, scandalous way, right? Does AEW... Go attitude? Do they go old WCW? That's the road, baby. Old school? Do they mix or or do they just like or, or like what 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 kind of like what do you what do you think? Are they WCW? Are they like ECW? Or are they their own thing? And 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 whatever they do is it organic? What 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 kind of vibe do you think? No, they're gonna have to mix it up. They're gonna have to. Throw a little bit of everything in there. They're gonna have to throw, you know, a little bit of attitude. They're gonna have to definitely throw in uh, wrestling. Okay. You know, because I, I think that's why they want to differentiate their way from from the league. So you think you think wrestling first, everything after. Yes. 
Interesting. I mean, I think I think with them, I think look, I think these guys are young enough, um, probably closer to our age. Um, so I don't know that. I guess social me the social media generation falls on them too, and I think that influences them. I don't think they're going to go touting as the WWE tried to do for so long. Mm-hmm. But I think all I think I think culturally they're more in line and in touch with 2019 than WWE will ever be, for sure, because it's young, fresh blood, young bucks, if you will, Mm -hmm. running the ship with, like, Tony Khan is a fairly young guy, so he's not out of touch either, right? And Shad Khan, he's just a financer, right? He's just financing, so I don't think he's really going to influence anything, right? Um, but I think with Tony Khan, who's a wrestling mind, um, the Young Bucks, Cody, Brandy, you know, Hangman Page, probably Kenny Omega, like with these influences, Billy Gunn, you have the old school with the new school. And ultimately, I think because they're at the pecking order, you know, the Young Bucks and Cody and Brandy, that that's going to translate into the product. And I think for a younger audience, that demographic is going to make that company because it's live, it's fresher. You know what I mean? It's not the it's not the old guard anymore. Um, so I think I think that's kind of kind of be their thing, right? It's like yo, your 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 Takashi Six Nine type, you know, vibe that's going on out there. You know how you see every rapper, essentially every new young rapper, essentially has a tattoo on their face, on their neck, some colorful stupid hair or whatever, like. You know, like that's how time moves on. Yes, they're closer to that, I think, than the WWE, and I think that's more relatable to younger audience. And also because, you know, we're all fans of the Bucks, and we're all fans of like, you know, these, you know, of, of the Kenny Omegas and the Cody Rose. I think that in itself brings an audience, anyways, right? So you know, I think that's kind of be the influence that they have. Um, Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we just gotta wait and see. Gotta, remember, they they have they don't even have um, you know, a show yet. Or, well, they have a show being booked, but there's right? there's nothing which is the pay per view double or nothing, which is kind of follow up to uh, what was the inception of AEW, um, and that was the all in pay per view, right? Okay. Which is essentially. Put on by Cody and the Young Bucks, okay. right? Um, you know, it was uh, funded and sanctioned by ROH, right? Originally, I believe they tried to do the show on their own, but you know what? Like that, there's a lot that entails that. Which hey, you need a wrestling ring, camera crew, you need you know backstage talent and stuff like that, and they were able to like you know get ROH to go in conjunction. But this was essentially Cody and the Young Bucks that did this, right? So that was like the birth. the inception right like I guess this is maybe where the idea right started or at least this is where it was like all right, let's try this and let's see what happened right because I mean the thing about the all in pay-per-view was this was most notable for being like the first non-WWE or WCW televised show in the US to sell over 10,000 tickets right yes and that's big because like yo Impact ROH they're not doing that right Mm -hmm. they're not going into arenas that can sit 10k or potentially more people and sell out. If I bet you, if they did over 10,000, even if they went to like an arena, 
that like I said, sixteen thousand. I bet you, at if not sixteen thousand, they would have hit anywhere between at least twelve, fifteen, right? But if you're gonna fund this kind of on your own or whatever, like I guess a smaller, uh, a smaller seating arena is probably the more um, financially viable option, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing with this was that this was like kind of a, this kind of was like a bet, right? A, a kind of like not exactly a handshake bet. But it was kind of like kind of something um, along the lines of a, you know, we're going to prove you wrong type of thing, right? And, and and how that happened was Dave Meltzer essentially basically said that Cody Rose and the Young Bucks could never sell out a 10,000-seat arena. And you know what? They did it. Cody Rhodes saw that and kind of just like took it on as a challenge. said, oh, yeah, I bet you we can. And I mean, yo, look, the Young Bucks, like... Their merch, that Bullet Club stuff, all kind of went to like uh, hot topic because of them. And yo, believe me, I cannot get a, I cannot get a Young Bucks, a Cody shirt, a Kenny Omega shirt, or even a Bullet Club shirt, like in my size because they were all sold out. Yeah. Right, that was like the big thing. I mean, you know, once, 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 you know, they they accepted this challenge, or Cody accepted on behalf, and then everyone, you know, oh, oh, what's the elite? Uh, jumped in. I mean, you know, they just announced right away that you know they're going to be looking for a venue pretty soon to put on a show, right? Um, you know, they decide on the date, location, the arena, which is I believe was the Sears Arena in Chicago, right? And the tickets were sold out in like thirty minutes. Tell me, like, that's like WWE type of hype, yes? Right? Do you remember what was the WrestleMania twenty? Did we try to get tickets and? They were like sold out in virtually like Within zero seconds. You know what I mean? Within that hour, it would go down. You know, so that 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 proves to you that there there are a known commodity and that there is a audience for this, right? Whether it is exactly ten thousand people or more, I would imagine. Um, they they did something that's like unprecedented and unheard of. I mean, look, essentially in this pay per view well, that was all in, they featured the elite. And Bullet Club talent, right? Um, so at that point, that would have comprised of the Young Bucks, Cody, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, right? Um, you know, they booked wrestlers from ROH, some guys who also work with, like, TNA as well. But, you know, with TNA, it's, like, weird because they do kind of, like, subcontracting. Yes. Right, where you're contracted to them, but you can do your independent thing, right? Yeah. You know, you had New Japan Pro Wrestling talent, um, you know, NWA talent, right? Guys from the Indies. So you had like your Joey Janellas, you know, you had your Nick Aldis, right? Who's the TNA, uh, the, excuse me, the uh, NWA champion. You know what I mean? So you had like notable names on the card, you know? Um, I believe even Brian Cage was on the uh, on the card. He's TNA talent, right? Um, you know, so, so you had, or Impact talent, right? So you had names on this card. Notable names. Notable names. Not just like, Indie names, but not only indie names, but names that are on actual national like television. Pentagon Jr., right? Who's also doing his thing on Lucha Underground. Like, yo, you had like notable talent. I mean, Chris Jericho does a run in at the end of the show, right? During the Kenny Omega Pentagon Jr. match. I mean, like, this was more than just like a like indie show this was a name with well, they, talent it was like name talent that's not WWE name talent it was like 
their WrestleMania big indie show. Like, yeah, if, if, essentially. For them, it was like a WrestleMania-type feel. Yeah, uh, essentially. And, and and when I watched this event, like, that's how it felt. Like, I went out on a date, right, date night, and I came back, and it was like, all right, I now have to watch All In. Okay, like, you leave me alone. <laughs> Go to sleep, do whatever you got to do, but this is what I need to watch, right? And the cool thing was that I could watch it through my New Japan Pro Wrestling subscription. Did you did you get to watch it? or No, to be honest with you, I didn't get to watch it. Damn, disappointed in you. It's a great show. Obviously, you have my New Japan uh, username, right? Uh, we are a corporation, an LLC, so, uh, you know, we, we, we try to perk ourselves with a little, little something, something. Um, but look, it was a great show. They had built-in uh, storylines. Like, jo- Joey Ryan was, was injured, but even Joey Ryan was, like, featured on it. You know, Hangman Page had this, like, interesting thing going on there, too, right, with, uh, with Joey Ryan. It was, like, it was just, like, all well-put-together show. And the craziest thing about this was that they were actually not just, like, so let's say, for example, like the Elite, right, or the Young Bucks and stuff like that. Not only were they like on-air talent, you know, Rey Mysterio was part of the show. You know what I mean? Yes. That, that just goes to tell you like what kind of like established names and what kind of big show this was, right? Um, Stephen Amell. Yeah, Stephen Amell was part of the show. You know what I'm saying? Um, Koto Iba- I- I- Ibushi or Bashi, whatever. I was from butcher his name. He was part of the show, right? Like... You know, they're part of like the you know the golden lovers, right? With uh, Kenny Omega and and him, their attack team, right? Um, I mean, the Young Bucks, you can see them. They were doing their back their backstage things as producers, you know. So you had a lot of influence on this going on. Um, you know, they essentially just did the unexpected. They put on a good show, and they started out as a bet. Yeah, and this wasn't a WWE show. It wasn't, you know, ROH helped in, but it wasn't an ROH show, and ROH is an proven commodity, you know. But this, this, this began what was the genesis of what would become All Elite, right? Okay. All right, well, we're back. Um, so how do you follow up All In, right? I guess that's the thing, right? All In was a huge success. And what's the most logical thing to do when you have a group of talent that essentially put on this show? Um, you know, it showed that, you know, the elite were bigger than just being on-screen talent or wrestlers, right? Um, the elite, bullet club, single or tag teams, these guys elevated themselves. And not only did they become more than just wrestlers, they became a brand, Right. A household name. A household name, basically. I mean, it's, it's you know, if they're, like, you can't call them indie wrestlers because they're on non-indie promotions, but they do do shows like P, PWG, which is indies, and, and a couple of other indie shows. But they're just, like, saturating themselves and putting themselves out there to make money and further their brand, right? I mean, brand recognition, I think that's, like, an important part of this. And yeah, you can't find their merchandise anywhere. No, you can't. And like, try to, yeah, I tried to get something off of hottopic.com that was theirs and I couldn't, right? It was like sold out. And essentially, I went on New Japan Pro Wrestling to get their stuff before, you know, they, they take it out of the Bullet Club section or, you know, the uh, the elite section, right? But um, they're the hottest act in wrestling right now, not in the WWE. I mean, can we agree on that? I agree with that. Um, no. From a WWE standpoint, I'm get. I bet they're like upper management looking at this and like, where do we draw the ball? Like, 
He uh, dives under us and under our umbrella. Well, some and he, of them. I don't think. Well, the Young Bucks did that one thing with DX, but they weren't like talent, talent. But they were there for a bit, right? A little yes. cup of a cup of water. You know, it's just, it, it, I would be boggling my mind, like, damn, like I I had them under my umbrella and but the WWE does that a lot I mean look Kenny Omega right was there mm-hmm. Cody was there obviously for the longest and he was probably the one of, of them all that made it the most the furthest there uh, the Young Bucks did that DX thing can't remember anything else um, you know even even talent that's in New Japan Pro Wrestling like Juice, Juice Robinson he's another guy that I can think of Trent Beretta He's like doing his thing out there in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know what I mean? So yo, these guys had some 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 guys over. You know, they're making headway over there. Um, but again, to our point, it proves that you can be more than just you know a WWE wrestler, right? You can be more even outside of that place, right? And look, these guys are hotter than and way over than some WWE talent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, if the Young Bucks were in WWE right now. Like, if the WWE handled their tag team division correctly, they'd be the tag team division, right? They'd be probably riding with the New Day, with the Bar, with the Usos, right? Um, you know, a guy like Kenny Omega, but who knows, right? Because, I mean, I guess in order for them to establish the characters that they are, they'd have to have stepped away, too. Yes. Right? You you know, because there are, char- there, there are people who in the WWE system and just never flourish. And once they step out, to your point, Kurt Angle... Christian, um, a Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, you know, they better themselves away. They come back and, you know, they're, they're bigger than what they were there. Like Bobby Roode stepped away, had to become something to come back to, well, because he did have that like tryout match, whatever, but you know, he made himself somewhere else, came here. NXT was this big thing floundering on raw, but whatever, no big deal. Um, but you know, th- there's examples of this, right? Your Samoa Joe's, your AJ Styles, right? Can't forget Bubba Ray. Your Bubba Ray, yeah, your Bully Ray, right? Bully Ray was probably bigger than the Bubba Ray character ever was. Um, I mean, look, what is the elite, you know, or, or Bullet Club or whatever? I mean, and when we refer to the elite in, in this episode, referring to, you know, the Young Bucks, Cody, Kenny, um, Hangman Page, you know, anyone affiliated with that group, right? Just to kind of, like, surmise and just make things shorter and easier on everyone to follow. Um but because of them, I mean, look, you couldn't even get a Bullet Club shirt. And it wasn't because of the old regime or the new regime of Jay White, Tama, um, Balak, Fale, you know, like Bone Crusher, like, like none of, not, not that Jay White, not that incarnation. A Bullet Club sales went further through the roof when the Young Bucks got themselves into Hot Topic and pro wrestling tees or whatever, right? Like, they made that a bigger brand than what it needed to be. And I guess, you know, they saw the, the, the silver lining where it's just like, yo, we can't always be Bullet Club because we have to share these profits with someone else. Yes. So what can we do to, like, branch out on our own and pocket all the cash? Smart move, right? Um, They, you know, they move on and they and they, they, and they do this thing, right? They definitely expanded. They they're thinking in a different scale. I think they're thinking like about the big picture, not yeah. about the now. Well, yes, the now, but also think about what can, what more can we do with this brand? And I guess like the logical thing is, you know, let's start our own promotion, 
right? Because, I mean, essentially, they could have gone to the WWE, right? Like, you know, like, you know, whatever, you know, the dirt sheets and shit like that, yes. right? You read stuff, and they were like, you know, they made these ridiculous offers to, 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 to you know, what's the elite? Probably Cody, I would imagine. Uh, well, I, I should say the Young Bucks. But it, it's kind of just kind of just like buries my point where I'm like, well, hurting them is the elite. But whatever, Young Bucks, Cody, Kenny... They made ridiculous like offers to them that they can probably have like creative control. They can have early outs of their contract if they're not happy and ridiculous loads of money, right? But they could have avoided all of this potentially had they not become had the WWE not become so stale and buried some talent to a degree, right? Because, no, absolutely. Because yo, like Gallows and Anderson, why are they not higher on the card? You know what I mean? Why are they not like a viable? Tag team, that's their specialty. That's why you sign them, mm-hmm. right? Do you sign just talent just to have them off someone else's roster because you know potentially they can be good? Like, I think that's share the, way the wealth. Going. It's like share the wealth. I think that's the way yeah. they're going. Like, you know, they're they're a big name, they're a hot team. I think you, they just worry or focus more on the name. Okay, they'll be like, okay, I got. You know, Carl Anderson and um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Gallows. Gallows. Yeah. It's just the point. Like, oh, I, I did get him. You know, that's that's to prove the point. Like, they're here with, with us, and they're WWE. Which is which is ridiculous because why spend the money on signing them when you can probably spend that money to potentially like further a brand, right? Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, invested in the company, right? You're not going to uh, you're not going to take money just to sign people. To keep them off some other roster, like yes, when they when they when they come here, they're to the WWE. They're making the most money, probably, right? Yes. And you know, and, and a lot of guys want that payday, right? Because wrestling is a hard industry to get into. You are an independent contractor, and you know everyone's looking for that big payday. And WWE is the payday, right? Yes. Now the WWE is in the burying talent business because we've seen it. Your Zack Ryder's, your Kurt Hawkins, your Luke Gallows, your Doc, you know, your uh, your Carl Andersons, you know, um, even guys like Bobby Lashley, Bobby Roode, you know, they excel like in the NXT brand. Some guys excel in the NXT brand, and then they come to the roster and they're nothing. Now they're jobbers. Tyler Breeze, like, why why do you always Fandango. need Fandango? Like, why do you always need to treat everyone like they're just like expendable and on the chopping block? Because when something like the Young Bucks, Cody come along, Kenny Omega come along, you want to throw everything in the kitchen sink at them. But you could have had them before had your practices been different. Yes. Potentially, they could have avoided all of this, right? Mm-hmm. But the WWE created their own competition, right? From all from all the shit that they do and the way they run things or but again look, we're not on the inside. We don't know what what happens. Maybe people worth ethics are terrible. But I mean they obviously got to where they got to because they were great doing whatever they were doing somewhere else. Right? Well remember they don't have that filter as well. Well that's true. So from my understanding of WE like, you know, you're just restricted to do this during your match or say this, say that during your promos. In the indies and other promotions, you know, they probably do have that creative control. Just go out there, have the, you know, the match of your life, and when you do your promos, just 
Say whatever. Say whatever you feel. And you know, and, and that's the thing, right? The thing is that there are other viable options out there. Whether it's indies, some of the promotions we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. right? And there are options. WWE isn't the only place, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, from that, right? Uh, essentially, like a revolution came from that, right? And you know, the, the elite, the all elite wrestling comes from this, right? And, you know, these guys dare to break away from the system, yeah. right? Everyone wants their WrestleMania moment. Everyone wants to get to the big, to the big, uh, to the big show, right? The, to the WWE. And, you know, the logical step, I guess, for them was to not go to the WWE because of the burying and because of, like, look, Cody, if anyone knows the inner workings better than anyone's going to be Cody, Right. And essentially, you know, he, he requested his release. And it was like the greatest thing he can do. You know, I mean, you know, before, like, uh, you know, before even All Elite, you know, came to be, like, I expected guys like Cody and the Bucks to sign with Impact, right? And, you know, like ROH, you know, could have been also been another viable option because they were signed to ROH, right? But I figure, like, Impact might have... A bigger established base, and they could they could rival the WWE, right? But Absolutely. you know, like maybe you didn't even need to start your own company. Like just your name would have attracted eyes, and your talent could have essentially like kind of like um, could have just like taken you to that next level, no matter which company you were at. But if like you would be in like if you would be in a uh, if you be an established company, you would you would expect that this is, you know, like you being there, it's gonna make things happen and attract more talent, right? Kind of like going back to the example of uh, Kurt Angle going to TNA mm-hmm. for TNA, that was like a big boost. Like, like listen, gonna, we're gonna get eyes in our, in our product. Same thing we're here. Like you know, imp- yeah, Impact or TNA could have definitely. I'm not saying they try to sign them, but. I don't know what was the... You know, well, was I, the deal. my understanding is I know they've made a pitch at least to Kenny Omega, right? They made a they, they made some sort of kind of pitch to him, um, which would have been impact because of Don Callis' affiliation with uh, Kenny Omega. They even tried making a pitch to Chris Jericho, right? But I guess, uh, you know, we don't know about Kenny Omega yet, but we do know he's under contract. So if there is anything going on with Kenny Omega, it won't be announced until after January 31st. So stay tuned, right? Um. You know, but that was the thing, right? I mean, when you think about, is anyone going to rival WWE? It's always been ROH and TN and Impact, right? I guess you just call them Impact. It's always been those two. And there's now, there's a couple. Japan, New Japan could probably rival, but the thing is, I don't think their intention is to rival with WWE. Just to, you know, do their own thing. Get on the map. And, you know, have eyes on their product, pretty much. And, well, and, and then the other thing is there's also NWA. Right, headed by Billy Corgan, and I think I forgot to mention them. I, I, I we've alluded to them a little this episode, and, and kind of said one or two things about them. I'm not gonna lie, I do forget sometimes. Yeah, so do I. Still. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, like they, they essentially are the dinosaurs are wrestling that brand, right? It's like still going, uh, it's like it's like Roy Rogers, right? You always find a Roy Rogers somewhere on you know when you were driving down the Jersey Turnpike somewhere, right? The I-95, um, but you forget they even exist still. 
you know, but the fact is, right, uh, you know, the Bucks, you know, they've been building a brand, right? Um, you know, Cody's been building a brand. Kenny Omega is like a brand, a brand, <laughs> right? And <laughs> so it makes sense, you know, it's like the best way they can maximize the brand. Like I said, Omega is a brand, so wherever he goes, you know, you're definitely going to have fucking viewers, you know, look at the product. Cody <coughs> left Odie to become a brand as well. Yeah. Remember, what was his gimmick now, the American Nightmare? Yeah, and he was also on uh, Arrow, right? So, he did, so you know. So, yeah, like, going back to that little comment I made, like, now I know why he goes to go Stardust back in uh, WWE. Yeah, it was uh, a character he played in uh, a couple episodes of Arrow as a villain. Um. Again, you know the elite. They, they they could have gone to other promotions and become household names and help that promotion, you know, prosper. But if they could definitely do their own promotion now and prosper with their own, I don't see why not. Well, here's the interesting thing, right? So I would say like the uh, the Bucks, for example, right? Had they gone to the WWE, would they have gone? on the wayside just just like gallows and anderson uh i believe so you know like that's the thing right because like, i mean look you got like does does anyone even like uh you know does does anyone even care about bobby Roode and chad gable as a tag team like yeah, the I, raw I tag team scene is like absolutely non-existent i mean you have the aop which is great but does it even matter? Like, when I think about the tag team division, WWE, I think about, like, SmackDown brand. They got, like, the best teams there. New Day, The Bar, um, you know, Usos. Like, yo, I can see those guys go at it all the time. But the thing is, just like, yo, how many times can you actually see that? Right? Like, I mean, <clears throat> WWE has their own network. They have their own sources to even have, like, a whole tag team show, really. Right? If you want, if you, if you don't want to feature tag team on your Raw SmackDown show, like, don't, but don't relegate that kind of talent to just being buried, right? Mm -hmm. So the Young Bucks probably look at that tag team scene and see, like, yo, there's absolute, like, we're a tag team. We're not going to be separated. And maybe at some point they do. Maybe when they go, maybe once All Elite starts, like, you know, this brand does separate, right? Like, yeah. they separate and they go into something else and they do their own thing. But you don't, you don't necessarily, like, think of the WWE and think tag team. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't. No, you really don't. No, that's probably the Bucks saw that from the beginning. Like, they saw how they treated the tag team division. Like, listen, if we go there, yeah, we'll probably have, you know, at first probably have some good matches, and then they'll probably just, you know, shove us on the side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but even, like, the Hardys, right? Like, the Hardys, at first, they were, like, they they come back in Mania, right? They win the belts, whatever, right? Um, but then, after a while, that it, they become more of, like, a nostalgia act. Right, it's not really. Oh man, it's a Hardys. It's a nostalgia act. Then they get broken up. One goes to Raw, the other goes to SmackDown, and that's the end of that. Right, and whatever. Like Matt Hardy was still being put in tag team matches, but it probably has a lot more to do with like his injury. Right, whatever he refused with Bray, and even that wasn't wasn't like you know. And that's another great example, right? Like yo, Matt Hardy steps away from WWE and becomes. Broken mat, right, and and like that's like the big thing in wrestling for a bit, uh, alongside the Bullet Club and the Elite and whatever, right. So that's another example of talent that breaks away and does their own thing, right. <clears throat> but 
if if you know you don't you don't do the right thing, this is gonna happen. So you think right? WWE created their own monster? Of course, but I mean, isn't that like anything, right? Like I mean, any like business you think of essentially creates their own competition, right? Because like I mean, you can't practice a monopoly in the United States of America, right? Maybe one or two monopoly-ish things exist. But essentially, I mean, there's always a viable, like, B, C, D, and E, right? Like, I mean... There's always a second option. Yeah, there's always another option, right? And I think, you know, from that becomes AEW. They're on an alternative brand, right? They're, they're, even even if there was no AEW, there's still other options out there now. Yeah, of course. Speaking. But there's a bunch of them. And, like, we're, you know, we had mentioned before that even if, you know... Even if they didn't start their own brand or promotion, they would have essentially gone somewhere else or could have stayed somewhere and just like made that brand bigger if they were featured, if they were the headliners, you know what I mean? Because everyone, again, like I said, even myself, why am I watching some of these things? I'm watching it for that particular talent, right? Mm -hmm. For that particular talent because I know what we're going to see every time we see it. And then you end up watching the whole show. Yo, there's nothing like watching like uh, Indie Taker Driver done by the Young Bucks, you know what I mean? Like, like They're like spot monkeys, you know? Um, but, you know, that itself is, you know, um, it just, it's, it's essentially what the WWE always does. They always cre- kind of create something else. Their own competition. Right? Because the WWE, let's just think back, right? If the WWE would have signed Kevin Nash and Scott Hall for guaranteed contracts, NWO never happens. Monday Night Wars never happen, Right? But... But then again, you know, think of it like this, right? Does the WWE stay a stale, a stale product without the competition? So, you know, consequently, consequently, they also create their competition, but they also create the means to better their product, right? You have to. You definitely have to. Yeah, if they, that would have happened, there wouldn't be no NWO. Exactly. There would have been no reason for you to change. Exactly. Um, but you know, but but the trend that I see here is that like you know this this uh, you know what is the elite had a like mega hit with like all in, and you and you once you kind of saw that and you knew that they sold out as fast as they sold out and as many eyes probably saw the show and as much merch as they've moved, you know that all in cannot be the last thing that they did. Whether it was an all-in two later down the road or whatever, like something was going to happen, right? And, you know, after a while, rumors kind of started circulating and they're going to start their own promotion. And that was like a thing within the you know wrestling community, right? Yes. They're, they're going to start their own promotion. They're going to do their own thing. Logically, what's the next step, right? And, you know, like after months of rumors, as you mentioned before, like on January 1st, they, con- they confirmed on episode 132 of uh, This Is The Elite, right? that AEW is a promotion, a double or nothing is the next event. Okay. Right? Now, the thing with that is, okay, so now you have one and two, right? You know that the investor, you know, who would be Tony Schott is funding this. Well, his dad's funding it, but he's running it, right? Alongside Cody Rose and Young Bucks. But they're not, well, I'm sure their stake in the company is probably minimal uh, to the amount of money that, you know, is being invested by the other the other more like established tenured parties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in, you know, you have a promotion, you have your next follow up show, but you need TV, 
right? You can't have a promotion these days to rival the WWE without a like proper TV deal. And I think that's why like Impact and ROH never kind of burst out of their own bubble or thrive more than they can because they're on small potato networks. Although Sinclair Broadcasting is a huge company, I don't, I don't guess Sinclair. I, I mean Spectrum. Uh, there's no Sinclair like broadcasting shows, like broadcast shows on my like cable. Like I can't watch ROH on like my Spectrum. At least I don't yeah, think no, so. And if they are on, files, I, don't I don't even know. And then also like we gotta take a look at that with Impact. They're all over the place. I don't know what station they're on these days. I know they're on Twitch. Yes, and um, and something else, some other new network, but wasn't it like Pop and then the TV Guide channel? They were oh, like all no, kinds of stuff, but no, but they switched from Pop to something else yeah. now. Yeah, unless Pop changed their name, but you know that shit happens all the time. But anyway, so WCW was a Ted Turner owned company, then AOL Time Warner, right? And you know they were on TBS and TNT, okay. right? And so these were and you know, W was on USA, whatever, and you know I think USA was like a Viacom. Is that a Viacom owned company? Yes. Right? So, you know, they have potentially now you have, you know, not potentially, but at the time you had, let's say, for example, WWE, WCW on networks and channels that attracted viewers, right? Where they put up big numbers consistently all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Now, for example, you take an ECW, you had them on a smaller network. Right, which was like at the time TNN, the Nashville network. What the fuck is that, right? And you didn't attract as many viewers, right, on that station. And even then, when the WWE or the WWF got into TNN, the TNN network, they left once they were able to get a juicier deal again from USA Network because more eyes are on that network that than on TNN, right? Um, so with with AEW. How are you going to watch it? Where will it be watched, right? The rumors right now are that it's going to be TBS or TNT. Potentially, could it be like on a streaming app? Um, you know, if it gets on TV or on cable, you're going to reach more audiences potentially, right? And if you're on TV, you know, that probably means advertising, which means more revenue, which translates into the revenue that you can actually pay a talent with. And if you get onto TBS or TNT, that's kind of like a huge strike. Because you're potentially, or you're implying that, yo, we're going to rival you, and we're going to rival you the way you were rivaled once before. So what are your thoughts on that no, stuff? No, mind you, if the rumors are true that either, you know, a TBS or TNT deal could come, you know, come down and definitely put, put on air uh, AEW, you have sports backing this up. TBS and TNT are big, you know, sports uh, channels. So yeah, you imagine with the Braves, right? NBA. So you imagine the viewership you could definitely get, even people that don't even watch wrestling, and then they're like, "Wait a minute, TNT, watching a basketball game, and then commercials, commercials for yeah, exactly. AEW. Like, oh, wait, that's that's kind of cool. Like, let me just start watching that." Well, it's true. I mean, think about it like this, right? The WWE just signed like a billion dollar, like you know, deal with like Fox, right? Where they'll be airing this this fall coming up in two thousand and nineteen. And what does fall want? Uh, what is I'm sorry? What does Fox want to do to attract audiences in the fall to the WWE? They want to feature Daniel Cormier, 
right? Yes. You got you had you had a UFC fan base on Fox, mm-hmm. which now that UFC fan base has gone to ESPN because now with their ESPN Plus streaming app, yes, that's where the UFC is being featured and on you know ESPN TV whatever, right? But not only that, but Fox signing this deal. They're like, okay, we have an audience, right? Our Fox audience is a sports audience. We had MMA people. People know Daniel Cormier, right? They probably are going to want Ronda Rousey to come over, right? That's going to help attract eyes. And they want to treat the WWE on Fox as more of a sports type of thing than, let's say, with them being on Raw USA and, mm-hmm. and they treat it as wrestling, right? So there's a whole strategy employed there. But to your point, right, like the audience you reach – Right, that demographic that you're, you know, you're vying for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna tailor to them, and you know, like if I see someone do some like crazy like 450 splash into a pile driver that someone else is holding, like I'm like, oh, that's insane. Let, let me check that out. Oh, when's it? When's that airing? Oh, uh, Monday at uh, eight eight p.m. You know, I'm still up. There's nothing good on Mondays anyways, right? Because essentially your casual sports fan isn't watching like wrestling and stuff like that, right? But if they're watching TBS sometime in the evening to catch a Family Guy rerun or American Dad, they're going to see that commercial. So now you've captivated, you know, somebody and now you're capturing an audience and now you're you're attracting viewers, right? You're you're building a base, right? You already have an install base. What you're trying to do with... Get other eyes that don't watch wrestling. Yeah, right. And 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 for, for example, right, like take take for example, Sony and Microsoft getting into the video game industry, right? Mm. There is an install video game base, right? Nintendo, Sega at the time, right? So there is a niche audience there, right? There's a video game platform, but then you know when somebody says, "Oh, Microsoft's in the game now," oh, Sony, I know Sony, people who weren't gamers might have been attracted because they're electronic consumers. And now Sony gets into this, right? Mm-hmm. If you're like a tech head, right, and you're into computers, oh, Microsoft got into it. Well, Microsoft does great stuff with DirectX or, or Direct whatever the platforms were, right, prior to X and 11 or whatever, on computers. Oh, I play video games that have this Direct whatever software on it. Oh, let me go try the Xbox now, right? Oh, I don't need to change my graphic card. I don't need to do this, right? Like, this is how people, like, build... Right, because you there's an install base. There is something there already, and now you're just essentially piggying back off of something, and you know competition's created. Right, there was Apple, iPod. Right, then there's the you know Android right platform. Yes. Now there's a Samsung Galaxy, and that's competing directly with like you know the iPhone. So you know, to my point is you know a TV deal on a network like TBS. That attracts viewers or TNT because they're part of the same thing. That attracts viewers. They've been in the wrestling game before. They know what that can do for an audience. Like, yo, get out of here. It's, I mean, look, who knows? May, may not be TBS, may not be TNT. But I assume because the the, the Khan family is, are the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars, they could probably land a deal with like a nice network, right? They can. Or a big deal network. They definitely can. Um, if it wasn't TBS or TNT, what third network you see that could definitely uh, pick this up? Other two? Yes. Well, look, back in the day it was TNT and TBS, right? You had Nitro on TNT, 
Saturday night main event on TBS, Thun, uh, Thursday night Nitro, right? Uh, Thunder, Thunder. I'm sorry, but which is essentially Thursday night Nitro, <laughs> Thunder on TBS on Thursdays, right? So honestly, I'd probably go TBS, old school, right? WCW was on TBS first, then eventually they went on to TNT. Right, but I think TBS yeah. like with a basic TV like um, subscription to whatever you essentially always just get TBS anyways, yes. right? So you have a bigger install base there, and it reaches more audiences. I think TBS and TNT because TNT you probably need packages and shit like that to get access to that somewhere else. So you pay for just basic, basic. I'm not sure if TNT still included, but I know TBS for sure. So no, the reason why I say that because TNT is more. NBA based, so yeah, NBA based. Uh, come October, MLB playoffs, right? Stuff like that. Well, the Atlanta Braves as well, right? They're, are they still on TBS? I'm sure. Yes. Right, the Time Warner owned company. Um, so I mean, look, whichever network they'll get on, they're, they're yeah, gonna, but they're they need, catch but they need to get on a big network. You can't get on like a pop. You can't go on a MTV. small network. Well, MTV is a big audience, yeah. but. Who knows? Like, I don't think the audience that really views MTV is like wrestling, right? Everyone wants to watch Ariana Grande. Look, MTV went back to the old formula where let's play some fucking music videos, not just TV all day, right? True. Um, but, you know, in, enough with the network. We'll eventually find out what network will definitely but it's important. pick them up. But, it we, is, know, but it we, is. Know, we know we know, it won't be Fox. No, it won't right? be Fox. We know it won't be like Universal. Right, because Universal makes up USA, NBC, and all those, correct? Right, so we know it won't be them. So, um, was Vi- Viacom? Is Viacom Universal? Is that, is that what it is? Or is it forget? Mm, I believe not. Viacom. Viacom's their own thing. Yes. Okay, so potentially we can see them on a CBS. Viacom, network. I know it's MTV. I know Viacom's MTV. I believe so. I could okay. be wrong. Okay, but that's fine. But whatever. So we can see them potentially on a CBS, right? Uh, WB, right? Like a CW, right? Picks. I mean, picks. Well, oh, picks eleven. That's what they are, right? Like picks eleven. Um, you know, maybe they maybe they go the route of an app. I mean, who knows, right? The possibilities are endless. But the thing is, yo, they got to go on to like a known commodity. You just can't go on some fucking rando ass like network and try to get eyes because that's why Impact Wrestling doesn't get any eyes. Sinclair Broadcasting doesn't necessarily air on like Spectrum or RCN or whatever, right? So you don't know. Or files, right? But um, but anyways, moving on. So here's some of the things that we know, right? They had the AEW rally. Were you, were you privy to this? Were you able to like see it? All right, cool. So what we know so far is they're gonna they're gonna try to establish some sort of equal base pay. So I don't know what that means, but I mean I essentially would imagine that here's here's a standard rate of you know you know um, rate of pay, but depending where you're positioned on the card, like you're, there'll be bonuses and you'll you probably maybe like the UFC right where there's like you know buy like pay per view cuts you know for the revenue whatever yeah when I first heard buy about rates that, like, right shit like that right I don't know how it's like gonna work yeah it can't be like I mean look Kenny Omega commands more money than like a Joey Janela. Right, something like that. Um, so we'll see how that works, but we know that, right? That's a fact, right? Um, the first event they're going to be holding is going to be the Double or Nothing in uh, Vegas, right? And then, 
the next event after that will be in Jacksonville, which is uh, hometown for the yeah, owner. for the cons, right? <laughs> um, you know, we're going to have talent that's going to serve in executive positions, right? So you got a... Uh, Brandy Rhodes, right, is the uh, chief branding officer, right? Um, you know, you got Cody, um, the Young Bucks in executive roles there as well. Um, the interesting I did learn about this, that be some sort of healthcare involved. Yeah, but the, the thing with that is, like, when you're an independent contractor, like, you're an independent contractor, yeah. and, like, those kind of things aren't. So I don't know if they're going to give people, like, health plan benefits or, you know, hey, we're going to, if you get hurt, once like WWE, somebody gets hurt, they on on their clock, they kind of take care of it, yeah. right? Like if you have need a neck fusion surgery, mm -hmm. more than likely they're probably going to take care of it. But then again, look, when you're a big company, you're going to be able to get like tax breaks and shit like that. So, uh, you know, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think it'll be like you and I who have like Aetna and you know Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, you know, taken care of by our company. Where hey, you either take the low deductible or HS, uh, you know. HSA or whatever, right? Um, you know, but I do know that for a fact the healthcare plans will be intact for people who are in executive roles because you're not just talent, you're actually working for this, like, for the you know, for the company, right? So you're not being booked independently, you're not on some, like, you know, independent contractor type contract. So, um, you know, they're also going to try to do ranking, a ranking system where wins and losses matter. So it's like following, like, your favorite sports team and seeing yeah. where they are in the ranks. Which, uh, which brings, you know, which is, like, interesting, right? Because, like, if you do a ranking system, I mean, they're not, I'm sure they're predetermined victories, right? So I would imagine the predetermined victory, like influences that win and loss right like the more popular you are or the more over you are probably the more wins you have to losses right because they're not doing shoot fights it's not that you have seen necessarily where you know you have uh you know a conor mcgregor versus a khabib right going in where you know if legitimately one taps out to the other that win loss actually matters yes. right so, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I guess it's more like on a booking, the booking end, and also aside from booking, uh, it probably, you know, like a popularity contest, right? Like the more popular you are, right? The more over, like, you know, people, if people are at shows rooting for like a Zack Ryder at, at like WWE Raw, you would think that the next logical step is... Zack Ryder goes on this impressive win streak and then gets a title match against a John Cena, then wins the title. Yeah. I'd imagine that's the model, right? Their ranking system is based on stuff like that. Popularity, booing, whatever. Like, if you're really overheal, then you'll probably get some wins. But if you're lackluster, you're probably getting losses. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. What do you, how do but you then, then in that way, they could probably distinguish if, you know, let's say one wrestler is not as pop as the other, to see what, okay, so what, what are we doing wrong here? Or what can we do to change that? I'm guessing that could be a, so something almost, beneficial so, for so the ranking system. So, so it almost works as a built-in survey, which, yes. but I mean, but the thing is like, but it, okay, so essentially if it is a built, like, like some sort of built-in survey and you do build on this, right, is it detrimental, 
right? Which is which is why in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking as much negativity people give and publicity. The WWE is where they are in that top position because of the way they run things. So necessarily, maybe there's a key to success in the way they do business. Um, and look, it's potentially, you know, look, their stock has gone down. And that's what I was talking about because I've invested and, in, well, it was probably cheaper to buy in the last month than it was when I got into it. But there's a proven key formula there. Um, you know, so they don't do ranking systems. They essentially do booking. Um, do you think that's the way to do it or does a ranking system and, I mean, does a ranking system work? Like you work? said before, it's these victories and losses are predetermined. So yeah. The ranking says nothing. It's just for show, to be honest. Yeah. It's just to show that, listen, like, this guy is at number four, number three. He's very close to becoming, you know, a number one contender for the title. So you, you think it's more to be a graphic on TV? Correct. Makes sense. But something, something I guess, something, I guess, that works. Um, but, you know, again, like I said, I'm not convinced on a ranking system. So hopefully it works and it's fair. Um, but let's, let's, let's talk. Look. Right now, AEW has a bare-bones roster. Okay. So, if you were watching the rally, you know they signed um, Christopher Daniels, Scorpio Sky, Frank Kazarian, and um, they basically make up a, a stable called SCU. I'm very familiar with Christopher Daniels, right? The yes. Fallen Angel. Uh, Frank Kazarian, who was also part of uh, Fortune. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know. So, and also one of the incarnations of suicide. One of the people that portray suicide. Right. So there's there's commodity. There's some name recognition there. Um, not too familiar with Scorpio Sky ROH. I've seen some of his work, um, but you know, not enough to to you know speak on his talent. But you know, from what I hear, I mean, he's a very highly touted uh, talent. Right. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Um, you know, Cody Rhodes then came out, right? And he comes out and announces himself in the Young Bucks as executive vice president for All Elite Wrestling. But again, I, I'm not convinced that they're not going to be talent, right? I'm sure they're going to be on-screen talent because, you know, it, it'd be like if Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose started a company. Mm -hmm. They are the talent, even if they're executives, right? More eyes would be attracted if you see them on the bill, you know, in, in a match, Right. Absolutely. And plus, there's there's dream matches there. What if the one of the Bucks goes up against Cody Rhodes, or Cody Rhodes teams up with someone else against the Young Bucks, right? Um, you know, uh, essentially in the conference, the Young Bucks explained that they were approached by the Khan family to join AEW, and they were asked if they uh, if they really wanted to change the world, and if and if you know they can help do that, right? Uh, that was very interesting. I never thought they would come up to them and show interest in what they're doing. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, uh, Tony Khan's a wrestling fan. And that's the other thing that, that, that needs to be, that's important here. That this investor isn't just investing because wrestling's a hot thing. He's a fan. He's a legit fan. And I think that's, like, very important. That could definitely lead to many great things because, like, we did a fancy booking earlier. Yeah. Um, well, they also announced that they revealed that they will made a deal with promotion China called OWE to work with them and develop talent that haven't been seen in the United States. Also, the um, Double or Nothing will run on May 25th at the MGM 
Garden Arena in Las Vegas. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, to have your first show in Vegas. I mean, WWE doesn't do Vegas so much, but I think the MGM. Group, but in that arena. Yeah, because I mean, when you so when you think of the MGM, I think Mayweather. I think Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao. Hi, you know, I come here, I come back, you know. I throw left, I throw right, and, uh, you know, uh, I run for Senate, but I'm good, and I believe in Jesus and basketball. Think about it. And then Mike Tyson, right? Like Canelo, yo. How many people have not walked through there and have big-name fights? And to me, that means, yo, when I think NJ and Grand, I think, damn, this is a grand, that's, like, old that's, event. That's like, like, that's like the... To us, the Madison Square Garden. Exactly. And, um, but think about it. If all in sold, like you said, 10K, you imagine how much they could sell MGM Grand? I mean, no, I'm telling you. I think there is a base there for them, and this is going to be a test. I mean, it's going to be a test. This is going to be a test. And I think, you know, Vegas is huge. I think, you know, they have the proper connections to get there, and it's a good sign because TNA doesn't do shows in MGM Grand. TNA doesn't, or Impact Wrestling, sorry, they don't do shows in the Staples Arena. You know, ROH is just now getting to Madison Square Garden. So there is possibilities that AEW can step ground and increase value production, right? The production, you know, is important. Cameras, lighting, atmospheric like you know like i don't want to see people wrestle in the fucking school gym you feel me like look i respect it the grind is the grind but when it comes i should say to national televised tv like you need to be in the big arenas the only the only place that i think the only organization or company that executed small gritty, dungy, dingy arena was Lucha Underground. But also, they, they made that show not just a wrestling event, but they made it a TV show. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, you got, you got, then you have, like, Brandy Rhodes, who's the chief branding officer, right? Uh, she comes out, she announced that AEW will have a women's division, which is huge right now, I think, right? Yes. And, you know, oddly enough, TNA, Impact Wrestling... I think was the like premier or had the premier women's division for a while before the WWE when WWE was doing divas TNA Impact Wrestling was having like wrestling matches yeah, with knockouts. their knockouts division right and um, you know so so you know so uh, you know Brandy says they met with some of the top uh, Japanese wrestlers um, you know. They have women, you know, American wrestlers, you know, they have all kinds of, you know, they have some really prominent um, female talent, right? I think Chelsea Green's one of them, um, you know, uh, I forget who the other one is, but she's like a dentist. I can't, I can't, her name escapes me, so I apologize. But, you know, Britt Baker, I'm sorry, Britt Baker, um, as a first signee of the women's division, right? And she's actually like a dentist, which is, yeah, which is great. Yeah, I read about that. Um, the women are going to be paid equally like the men, so that'll be that's interesting. Good. So if you're at the top of the card as a woman, I imagine that demands a much more, uh, you know, uh, bigger payday, right? Um, you know, and Britt Baker says, Britt Baker says she wasn't just the first signing as a woman, but one of the first athletes AEW signed, and that the promotion is dedicated to women's division. So that's, um, you know, that's pretty good. Um, 
MJF, he shows up and announces he signed with AEW. And this kid's like 22. You know, uh, he has like a very arrogant kind of pompous gimmick, but he's a great talent. Um, Joy Janela and Penelope Ford, um, who were also in the uh, All In pay per view, he's currently out, I think, with a broken leg, right? Uh, but they said they signed with AEW, so you have up and coming talent, and I feel like that's what they're pitching. You know, not just only do we have up and coming talent, but we have great talent, right? Joey Janela throws this like spring break thing, and it attracts like oh, yeah? huge audience, right? Um, then Hangman Page came out and uh, announced that you know he was also um, to become the first all elite wrestling champion uh, that was interrupted by uh, Pac, which was formerly known as Neville. Yeah, so you know Hangman Page is yet to been champion. Um, you know any of the organizations he's been in, um, which I believe was just ROH and New Japan at the time, right? So he hasn't been crowned a champion yet, but he wants to like throw his name into the championship picture hat and he wants to be the first aew champion and this guy hangman page a lot of people say he's handsome not a bad looking guy but his body like he he could probably maybe do some steroids and like get that build that would put him over the top but whatever um you know i'm not a critic I'm not a critic and then also, um, uh, but the fact that they signed pac yeah. neville that's huge that's a huge signing to me that's a huge signing because i think one of the biggest mistakes that WWE did was uh, not utilize this guy correctly and make him lose that match to Enzo, which ended up getting Pac out of there. And, yo, what a waste of talent that WWE. That here, that's the example here's the that ball we, dropping. That's a great example of WWE dropping the ball. But uh, moving along with uh, you know what that rally they had, uh, I remember Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks announced the uh, Second AEW show will be in the Jacksonville, with a large percentage of the gate being donated for gun violence. Because, you know, always good to give back to the community. And then uh, the big one, which uh, Chris Jericho comes out and announces that he's also joining AEW. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, Chris Jericho is such a proven name and commodity that to have Chris Jericho sign with you is a huge deal, I think. Um, that's you know that's that was unexpected. Like you knew Jericho was doing New Japan shows, and essentially he basically said, "Hey, I'll never do another show for another wrestling promotion in the USA, in the US." But it looks like you know, money talks. Money talks, <laughs> and he was being touted, and he was being coveted, and he was like being you know like uh, wooed by um, Tony Khan. So Chris Jericho being signed to AEW, again, is a big, huge deal. Chris Jericho, I know Chris Jericho from WCW days. You know, he really came pretty much as, you know, not unknown. He was just, you know, like on Mick Carter, starting match, you know, the first match of the card, to main eventing, like WrestleMania and stuff like that. And also when he did the whole thing with Kenny Omega in New Japan. That was a big deal because, again, Chris Jericho is a big household name. And I don't see why not. I don't see why not have that big name to really start this promotion. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you do need big names, I think. And the fact of the matter, getting him means this opens the door to someone else to being like, oh, shit, Chris Jericho? And the other thing about Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho said this is essentially his, like, biggest payday. Even more than the WWE, and the WWE basically, like I was listening to this podcast the other day where Jericho said the WWE 
understood. Um, he was trying to wait to see if they would match him. But I also think Jericho knew that this was the move to do. Because the thing I like about Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho is the only, like, he's, like, the only guy who's, like, still reinventing himself from the old school that still is, like, oh, shit, Jericho's here. You know what I mean? He's the only one left at, out of the group. Because you know Triple H ain't going nowhere. Shawn Michaels never wrestling again. The Undertaker needs to be buried somewhere alive, I imagine. Just don't let him wrestle anymore. You know, and you really can't think of any other names. Austin never will never come back. I think The Rock is affiliated with the WWE. But who knows? Maybe The Rock does a one a one a one off, right? What's good for the Rock brand is not the WWE. Come back tonight. It's <laughs> it's whatever, yeah, it's whatever, it's wherever he gets a payday. You know, there was rumors about Goldberg. Right. Yes, I heard about the well. showing up. You know, so who knows? I mean, I think I think the important you know the important thing here is going to be that you know that was a a, a big name you know uh, that they were able to sign and uh, basically from hearing what Jericho had to say, this was more like Tony Khan you know too. I guess you know he did he did the Jericho cruise. He worked with the Young Bucks, Kenny. You know, he had the match in New Japan with Kenny, and that kind of just did started, this, everything. started everything going. They they mixed well. They they meshed the world together, and like I said, they they we're here now. Yeah, he does it. Here we are. And Tony Khan, pretty much, that being a wrestling fan, probably knows okay who should I sign, who you know can we go after, and again, that's having a guy that is a fan and knows wrestling running this thing along with Cody Rhodes and Young Bucks is a huge asset. Yeah, and the thing with that one was I like I heard a, a podcast, um, X Pac One Two Three Kid podcast, and yo man, listen to this guy talk. I don't know if you got to hear the episode or not, but listen to this guy talk. Like yo, this might just be with the Doctor Order. Like this might just be what a new startup wrestling organization needs. They need a guy like this. I mean, look, the guys. Uh, you know, it's a little background info. Pakistani American businessman. Um, he's co-owner of football, um, you know, uh, executive for the J- Jacksonville Jaguars, co-owner and exec for Premier League team um, Fulham FC. He has a finance degree, right? I mean, look, this is a perfect marriage. I mean, this is the guys are wrestling fan first. Seems to be like businessman second, but probably businessman's first wrestling fan. But I, I think it's just a perfect synergy, synergy there. And I think this is what the industry needs, you know? A fan running it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just not an investor looking to diversify. The guy knows about tape trading. Do you know what I mean? He knows about ECW. He knows about war. He knows, you know, a lot of, like, like the guy has a knowledge for wrestling that surprised me when I heard when I heard him actually talk to, to, to Xbox about this, right, Sean Waltman, right? And he wants to create a must-see product, you know? Um, he wants to make water cooler talk about wrestling again, like the way it was during the Monday Night Wars, right? Um, and he sounds like a, like a down-to-earth guy. You know, he's enthusiastic about the product as well. He's enthusiastic of that he's doing this, that yeah. he's involved. Yeah, and and you know he doesn't want to he doesn't want to just absorb other companies. He wants to make his own company, you know. Absolutely. And with everyone that he has there, it looks like that's what they want to do. They want to revolutionize the business. They don't want to start something new, and I think it's the right direction. So shout out to Tony Khan. I mean, 
you know, hopefully he's not a con man. <laughs> but uh looks like someone who wants to take the business in the right direction. And, you know, it looks like that's where they're heading, you know. Um, now, the biggest thing is, well, what comes next, right? We know there's a promotion. There's some talent. There's a there's an upcoming pay-per-view at a particular event. I'm sure it's going to be pay-per-view. There is no concrete TV deal yet, but I'm sure that's probably to come. Um, you know, what's going to become of AEW in your eyes? It's too early to tell, to be honest with you. It's way too early. Mind you, they, they don't even have a TV deal yet. Um, you know, yes, we haven't heard the names that signed already. Um, again, it could, it definitely could be competition for WWE. Uh, straight, like, toe-to-toe competition, we just have to wait and see. It's just like the seed is just now growing just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's, you can't really tell, you know, if it's going to grow full or, you know, how, how tall this you know, plant will be. Well, I think it's like you said. We don't know yet, but I think they're already going the right direction. So I think even though they're not 100% in, like, like you know, um, released, you know what I mean? Uh, they're, they're going in the right direction and they have, I think, the right things in, in, in line to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then we have a guy like Chris Jericho, already signed. You know, what do you think about, aside from Chris Jericho and let's say Neville, two big names, I would say, already there. What do you think about the other talent that they've signed? Like, uh, I like Britt Baker. I've seen some of her work. Um, I'm not that familiar with what's, what's the guy, Scorpio Sky? Or yeah. Not that familiar with it. Christopher Daniel, I know from TNA. Same thing with uh, Kazarian. Um, again, it's good to have a big name or a star signed to at least have, you know, eyes on the product. But in the long run, they're going to have to concentrate on young talent. Talents that's not really been exposed out there that are good. And, you know, just focus on that and have that being, you know, the the bread and butter of the company. The same thing with WCW did with the Cruiserweights. Pretty much, you know, people were getting tired of the big-name NWO storylines. Watch good matches with, you know, back then Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, and Dean Malenko. That was the bread and butter, I believe, of WCW, and I think that's the route that AEW should be taking. Yeah, I mean, you know, I agree with you, right? I agree. Uh, I think that, you know, they're, the talent that they've signed is obviously, like, great talent. I mean, I don't mention the Bucks or Cody because we already know they're there. Okay, um, you know, who's going to be involved, I guess, aside from their current talent signed, is the biggest thing, right? Um, There's rumors of Goldberg. There were rumors of CM Punk. You know, are they going to depend on already made stars? You know, um, are they going to start to attract, like, disenfranchised talent from, like, Impact, from ROH, you know, from New Japan, um, or just talent that just wants to come over because they just want to do something new? They want to try a new source, a new avenue, you know. Um, 
what superstars from the WWE roster now, from New Japan, from ROAs, or from Impact, do you think, you know, happy or sad, you know, where, where they are or the company, do you think are going to be there or are going to come? Or, like, who do you see? Who do you envision in this roster? Because as the roster is now, they have just a little but not not much, you know? Not much enough to do anything to even, to even like... Like, Impact has a bigger roster than them, you know? Yeah. Well, I could definitely see Kenny Omega signing with them after his uh, contract is up at the end of this month. Um, I could also see someone like, uh, which was rumored, uh, uh, Mike Canales with Maria Canales, because they're not really being utilized that well in uh, WWE. I think they're in uh, T uh, Two O Five Live. Yeah. Um, a lot of hype, but nothing else out of that. I can see someone like uh, a Zack Ryder also jumping ship. Yeah, a guy like Kurt Hawkins, uh, the Revival. Those are guys too, but. Who knows, right? Does does the WWE need be worried? I'd say yes. But is the WWE all of a sudden going to start pushing people they didn't start pushing at the beginning because now they see like, all right, well, we're going to lose these people. They're going to have to. Right? They're going to definitely but, have to because imagine you still but, don't utilize Dolph Ziggler as you're supposed to. But my point, But my point is, right, like if a guy like Dolph makes a jump, he's a big name. That would be huge. Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, they have a following, but I don't think they're on the level of Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is a game changer. Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Kurt Hawkins, no. Zack Ryder, potentially, but not so much. But Zack Ryder could probably be a could bigger be star. Could be a bigger star there, yeah. Um, but my thing is, like, even though all these things are happening, like, you know, let's, for example, the WWE. Maybe they start like you start. You, all of a sudden, you start seeing the revival getting pushed a little. Finn Balor gets pushed a little. And Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins last week were kind of like formed into a tag team, right? Mm-hmm. Is it too late? I mean, they're like, okay, now they're doing something with us. But what happened prior to that? Like, let's say late, yeah. But I'm thinking about it. If they can offer, if they can offer Chris Jericho the money they must have offered him to sign him, why couldn't they offer? A little more, you know, you know, um, or a little less, right? You know. So like, you're saying that they could offer that same type of money to someone like Adolf Ziggler, or someone like um, the Revival, which is a tremendous team. Yeah, which you know, I I think like you know, I just. You know, I just, I don't know. Look, I think that this is kind of a point where it's a little too late. And I don't care that WWE, is, I like, I do enjoy that. I do like that they're doing what they're doing. But you should have done this a long time ago. Because the fact of the matter is, if you didn't disgruntle everyone the way you did, and you left this, like, bad taste and impression, like, yo, AEW would not be what it is right now. It wouldn't exist. Right? They, people would be still trying to sign to you. You know? And the thing is, look, like, I was just thinking about this the other day, right? Like, the WWE has essentially lucky for them they signed up all the important talent or the what could have been bigger stars prior to AEW being in existence like look at the NXT roster name some names EC3 
right? Like, like if you take this NXT roster and they were still on the indies and they were nurtured the same way they were in NXT, given freedom or whatever, or, yeah. or, or, the, the, or their characters are similar to what they were in NXT, like, AEW would be leaps and bounds ahead. Look at Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Velveteen Dream, Tyler, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, not Tyler Black. That's is it, Alistair Black. Alistair sorry, Black. Alistair Black. Tyler Black with Seth Rollins. Alistair Black. Um, Ricochet. Right? Adam Cole. Oh, yeah, Adam Cole. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, Roderick Strong. Um, War. Right? War Machine, right? Um, shit. Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish and um, what's his tag? They were the Red Dragons. Um, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, yo, think about that. Think about how those names not being on NXT and being signed could have could affect them going if they weren't already on that roster. So you're you saying that, that could have been the roster right now for AEW? Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. And those are huge name people. Like, the WWE is lucky that they signed them when they did. Because yeah. if they didn't, like, yo, WWE, I think, would have already, like, because these are their your future stars, right? Yes. And if another company has that, how do you groom that kind of talent? Absolutely. Those are almost known commodities. Can you imagine like an Adam Cole being signed right now to AEW? Yeah, I mean, look, he was Bullet Club too, right? Um, you know, the WWE signed some of their NXT talent at just the right time. Because I think of that now, I think about like the indie scene and people who are like in other organizations that could be signed, like a Pentagon Junior. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with him; he's amazing. Um, Somewhat. Brian Cage. Um, who else? Brian Cage. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of some other name talents that are like out there that are probably like huge, you know. But the WWE, like they. They just, like, I think they just, honestly, like, save themselves a lot. Now, the issue is, all right, you signed this NXT talent's already signed, right? But what about the WWE stars that aren't happy? That contracts will, like, be over. Yeah, like I said, Dolph Ziggler, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. Let me see who else could possibly, that's not being utilized right, um, I could say maybe not Bobby Lash, Bobby Lash just fine with them, but I, I feel like they could use they could use them in the main event picture more. Elias. Yeah, but I think Elias is probably locked for a bit. Um but you know, I, I think I worry more about like your Luke Gallows, Carl Andersons, your Zach Ryders to a degree, your Dolph Ziggler's, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor. I'm sure these are contracts that are somewhat probably close to expiring, maybe in a little bit, and if they haven't resigned yet, like I, I think, thought AJ did resign them. No, nah, I don't think so. I think that's why they like dropped. They made him drop the belt. Oh yeah. Yeah, because like he wanted, I think like a different type of contract, more like the, you're, you're right, you're right. You know, so so I'm not too sure yet. Um, but like, so you you have you have these things in motion and these things happening. Um. Lastly, just to kind of close out, right? So we so we know what's going on in AEW. Spoken about this uh, in length, but Kenny, like 
before Kenny Omega, I want to discuss that. Like, what about like uh, what about like a CM Punk? Does CM Punk like actually like go? They said he's done with wrestling. Elite, but do they make him like attempting offer? Do you think if if he does show up anywhere, this is the place he shows up? Yes, but I personally don't see him signing with W. I mean, uh, AEW. Okay, so you don't see him sign with AEW. What about Kenny Omega? Yes, Kenny Omega. Yes. Kenny Omega in the WWE? No, with uh, AEW. Or AEW. So because so? of the relationship he has with Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Okay. Well, you know what's also I thought? I thought interesting research would be like, I wonder if he's like an owner. I'm sure if you looked up for like business information on this, you could find it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. That could be our next podcast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um... So, in conclusion, we're, we know what's going on with them, but should the WWE be worried? Yes. So, we do think they're a viable option, competition. Put it this way. WWE, yes, they should be worried. But in the long run, they know they've been in this situation before. And they'll be safe. They, they'll be safe. They'll find a way to definitely come back out and on top. All right. Well, I mean, all right. So, that, 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 that's going to conclude our episode uh, here today. Um, so very interesting conversation about the Royal Rumble and most specifically the AEW. And I think what you're going to hear from us is going to be a little different opinion and more non-fantasy booking when it comes to this AEW thing than what most people are going to throw at you. But, uh, that's it. I mean, and, and just to close out, I do think we'll see CM Punk here. I think we'll see Goldberg and I want to see Kenny Omega in a WWE ring because of the matchups and stuff like that. But I'm like 100% sure that like... Kenny Omega will be AEW, even as much as I want to see him um, somewhere else. So, all right. In conclusion, we have some people talking in the background. Whatever it is, a uh, lounge and whatever people can be loud. Um, but that's fine. I mean, we have our solve viewer base, and we'll be fine. So, signing out. Grab your brick. Good night. We'll meet again. All right. So long. <laughs>